It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, they're checking for a penalty here. Barnes had his arm out and you see Sanchez appeal. It's got to be a penalty. It is! Handball against Ashley Barnes. Huge moment in the season. Final home game of the season. Harry Kane! That could not have been better! Right into the corner! Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us for a very, very big Last Word on Spurs. If you're listening to the show for the first time and where have you been? Where have you been this season? Uh, of course, you can find us on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Audio Boom. We're across a range of different audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And by our beautiful, lovely audience and the great guests that we've got joining us here, we're also live on YouTube, bringing you instant reaction to Tottenham Hotspur, taking it down to at least the final day for a place in the Champions League next season. And I think that's what we all wanted to hear. Spurs still in the hunt, still in the race for the Champions League. And I can tell you, all these boys told me, you know, they were were confident. They they thought this would be possible. So listen, we're looking forward to getting into that. And we must say tonight's episode is sponsored by the Beaver Town Corner Pin. That, of course, is the Beaver Town pub bang opposite the South Stand. Uh, They've done some amazing screens this season, televising away games with a home and away feature. I know Mr. McQueen was down there earlier. He was on the laser crush earlier. after got, a very big Thursday night. I was on the crush. I was on the. I was on the crush. Laser crush. A big shout out to Martin as well. He's already uh, taken our recommendation. Now he's drinking the the laser crush. And I tell you what, it's beautiful. It's a lovely non-alcoholic IPA. So if you want to get back to your family on a midday kickoff, like I did, even though it looks like you're drinking, you're not. It's absolutely fantastic. Tastes amazing. <laughs> get yourself down to Beaver Town corner pin. That's what I'm talking about. Absolutely fantastic. And of course, I mean, there is the entire Beaver Town range available to you and great food. Make sure you get yourself down there. I'm loving these comments coming in about Rick's uh, because obviously when you catch Rick's, normally he's on like a late edition of last one on Spurs around the half 10 from 40 Rick's has done the Europa Conference League, Chelsea four times and Rick's will care to tell me other shows that he's done a late night one. And we've gone from a completely different setting, which Rick's can explain in a second. 
But yeah, I must also say, the gimme, gimme, gimme. Uh, you can catch pre-match DJ, uh, obviously, content down as well at Beaver Town. So make sure you go and check those guys out. They've been fantastic this season. We're looking forward to working with them across next season and beyond. So without further ado, massive show to bring to you tonight. Let's introduce the panel talking us through the next hour or so of all things Tottenham. And it hands me over to Mr. Laser Crush himself, my co-host, the wonderful Lee McQueen. Lee, how's the voice, mate? It's been a testing week, hasn't it? <laughs> I'll be honest. I, honestly, I was on the Laser Crush today. So my voice today has nothing to do with the amount of pints I had of neck oil on Thursday on the North London Derby. Um, it is literally just because we sang so hard today. Um, and I must say, George, uh, Ricky and Ricky, double Ricky, um, and all the listeners and all the viewers, what a pleasure it has been over the last seven days, seven, eight days to be a Tottenham fan. You know, to go up to Liverpool and, and get a point, and we should have arguably could have won it, should have won it, had the better chances. Then to actually go and ruin Arsenal in midweek and then to, to battle like we did today. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I thought today's game was harder than the North London derby, but the fans really got behind uh, behind the team. I thought we were magnificent in the stands. Um, and actually, just looking at some of the stats as well, I mean, we absolutely ruined them on the pitch, but it felt at, at times 1-0 can be such a hairy scoreline, can't it? Do you know what I mean? And when we've had one off the line and then we've poked, made a couple of world-class saves, you're thinking, oh, hello, is this going to be a, a veg horse-like bullet head or something? But it didn't come. We get the three points and sit back and relax. Uh, tomorrow night, Monday night football. Take some of these if you want. Any other brands are available. Get your popcorn out. Just watch MF. Just watch Arsenal. Just watch them go away. And when we turn up at Norwich next week, boom, fourth place. Talk to me. Oh, uh, coach, there's lots of people listening to this now on their Monday morning commute. So this doesn't get you in the mood for tonight's coverage for you. I don't know what will. Bringing back some of our great returning guests. Listen, a man that he has got a different, obviously, background, but don't be, don't be alarmed. It's still the same brilliant guy who brings you great, great belief, <laughs> praisingness of this Tottenham team. Who is believed for me? He messaged me earlier today and said, "Ricks, we got this. We got this. So don't worry. We're bringing back, of course, Ricky Champagne Norwood, of course, brilliant actor as well. Ricks, love having you back on last one. I suppose. How are you? Oh, it's awesome to be back on, mate. It is awesome to be back on. Always love being on Last Word on Spurs. And um, yeah, bro, especially after a result like that, mate. Especially after, I'm buzzing, bro. I'm still buzzing after Thursday. I'm, um, I'm really happy that Lee got home in that Uber. Do you know what I mean? And he gave him your charger as well. He sorted you right out, Lee, on the way home. Um, but yeah, just glad you got home safe, bruv. Um, but yeah, so let me just explain. So normally on a late night, when we do a late one from like 10 till 12, all right, I go into the quietest room in my house because I normally make a lot of noise and we normally have a giggle and the missus sleeps early, wakes up early. So I normally go to the quietest room in the house, which is the little toilet, but on the side, right? So I normally go in there and normally sit up there for the evenings. Now I'm not in there tonight, all right? I am away um, at a little seaside town it's a friend of mine's birthday, so we just decided to have a couple of days, little Airbnb, and um, just kind of, just, just enjoy being able to spend time with each other. But I did make sure I watched the game. So that's, that, this is not a YouTube background. This is not a green screen. Uh, I'm just on location this week. Um, but yes, thoroughly enjoyed the game today, Ricks. Thoroughly enjoyed the game. I knew that we was going to do it. I tell you what, mate, there's a shift in mentality in these boys. If we judge them on a whole from the beginning of this season to where they are right now, look yeah. at all the struggles, the hurdles, 
the the mountains that they've had to climb and look at where they are now. The fact that their heads are in the game like this, oh my gosh, it just excites me, mate. It excites me. And I know we're going to break down the game, but mate, they they got over the line today and, it, you know, it was a tough one to do. I, I think all of us were feeling it. Do you know what I mean? Whether you went to the game or not, I think we was all feeling it today, being like, oh, the game's kicking off a bit early today. Bloody hell, do you know what I mean? Some of us were sitting there with coffee, you know, some having breakfast or a little lunch or something. Like... And those boys were out there and they put in what a shift they put in mm. and they got the job done. And that's yeah. all that matters today. That is all that matters. That we got totally those agree. big three points and we put the pressure yeah. back on the Gooners and let's see what they've got. Let's see what they got for MNF. Let's see yeah. what they got. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified that, Rick, because we've been paying you far too much for a background like that. So uh, just to, I'm glad <laughs> Rick to clarify that because God, the cost of this show might have gone up tenfold after people saw that in the background. So thank you, Rick, for clarifying that. Also pass on to a man who's been here throughout the year as we had him on the Nuno. Now we've got on Conte and we're hoping we're here for the home stretch of Champions League football being secure. We've got the wonderful Spurs content creator, YouTuber, George Achille joining us. George, how are you, mate, on the back of that? Uh, I'm, I'm great, man. Obviously, love being on the show. I think most of the time I tend to be on when it's quite a, a sad occasion. So I'm happy it's that. Yeah, true. But um, yeah, honestly, I think like Lee smashed it with the, the comment about the atmosphere because I was one that was genuinely worried going today thinking, oh, my God, like I was shattered, like drinking away yesterday and whatever and coming in like, oh, what's it going to be like? Because there's been a few times in the past where maybe we've come off a big result and then soon after everything just looks a bit tired but no the, the crowd and everyone did a fantastic job at ch chanting throughout and getting the fans going obviously Conte himself trying to get the fans up as well so mm. um yeah I, I had a great time like lightly I said as well like the week has been fantastic from a Spurs mm. perspective and yeah. just really looking forward to hopefully Arsenal dropping points <laughs> against Newcastle. Yeah, God, it's, it's one of those shows where unfortunately you want to go really hard but um the issue obviously is that is that a lot of it is resting on Monday night or tonight if you're listening back to the pod on a Monday morning commute. So listen, we can only enjoy what we've been set up today, which of course is a massive, massive win for the club. Lee, let's start with you because as I said, it was a huge win. It was nervy, but Spurs move into that fourth place now ahead of Arsenal, who play off course Monday night, Newcastle United, full MNF underneath the lights of St. James's Park. But that's a vital win for Spurs. Huge effort as well, I must say, on the back of what was a really exhilarating and I'm sure exhausting derby for a lot of those Spurs players. It must have taken a lot out of them. So to turn around and produce that kind of performance and shout out to Spurs song sheets, THFC flags that really brought the atmosphere today to try and galvanise the crowd, which I thought was absolutely superb. Lee, how do you reflect on the back of a massive win for Tottenham? Obviously, of yeah. today. Echo that as well. Echo everything that everyone said. Um, THFC flags and uh, Spurs song sheets done a wonderful job of getting that in. I don't think I've seen flags other than what the the, the, um, the club give out, like on the Man City game or whatever. And it was lovely to see, to be fair. A brilliant atmosphere, as George said. Um, when you look at the statistics, you know I love a blue book and you love I, I love the stats. When you look at the statistics, we actually ruined them today. Um, you know, they, they, they were woeful in all areas. They only had eight attempts. They only had one on target. So Hugo only had to make one save. It's a good save, to be fair. It's absolutely world-class save. But he only had to make one. 31% possession and less than 300 passes. I mean, the contrast is ridiculous. 21 shots on uh, on goal, eight shots on target, 70% possession nearly, over, nearly 650 passes. We literally ruined them um, all over the pitch. And uh, the reason why I want to make that point today is because when you know something's on the line, it, it feels different. 
Uh, you go and watch that back on either Match of the Day or go and watch the extended highlights or the full game again, which I know most of us do because uh, we're like, you know, we, we, we're gluttons for punishment or whatever. I'll go and watch that back and you're watching, you'll think, oh, that was really easy. Like a neutral watching that game today would go, oh, you know, Spurs, you know, done them. But because we're invested emotionally in it and, you know, mentally it means everything, getting above Arsenal, whatever, it felt like it was a real hard slog. Um, but look, grinding out results, getting a one-nil win. I think it's always shaky when you're one-nil. We said off uh, right at the beginning, didn't we? Like, oh, you know, is it going to be a, a veg horse like header when he comes off the bench or whatever? So, not to get that second and uh, you know and get that comfort blanket was a uh, was a worry at times. Um, but like I say, <laughs> they only had one shot on target, so it didn't really trouble us the whole ninety-five minutes or ninety-four minutes or whatever we played. Um, it was a massive win, Rick, as you said. Absolutely monumental win. I, 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 win. I, I think that was harder than the, the North London derby um, in, in some instances. But we've done we've done what we've set out to do. We've taken it to last game of the season. You know, one, once the, the, the season's finished, I'm sure we'll look back and we we'll say, oh, we shouldn't have lost to Burnley or we shouldn't have lost that last minute um, uh, winner to Brighton or you know the nil-nil to Brentford. You know, I'm sure you can dissect it, but... At the end of the day, the league table don't lie. And I'm just hoping and a little bit expecting, if I'm honest, but I'm hoping that the last time Arsenal went on a nice little run for themselves, they lost unexpectedly. Um, I think it was Southampton. And then they went on like a two, three game losing run. Um, Newcastle, I think I said this in the green room to all of you, didn't I? Newcastle away, if that was Tottenham going there tomorrow, under the lights, Newcastle away, knowing you need to get a result, every single one of us listeners and viewers would be absolutely bricking it. Um, and that's yep. what Arsenal got to face, Rick. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's what Arsenal got to face. So we've done our job. Um, that's all we can do. And, you know, if, if Arsenal do it, if they go up there and win... Um, They've still got to do get something from Everton. Everton have just been ruined with two red cards today and they've lost. They're probably going to need at least a point against Arsenal. They're going to be battling, although, don't get me wrong, I'm not holding out for Everton to do us a favour, although we've done them one <laughs> uh, morning with Burnley. But yeah, but I think, um, look, if if Arsenal win their last two games, and we've known this for ages, then they get top four and fair play. But I still think that we're going to do it, uh, lads, listeners, viewers. I still think we're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the... Uh... <laughs> the pressure at the moment, I mean, I say it's just tension, isn't it? And this is the thing where you look at Spurs generally and, you know, you just feel the way we've had the topsy-turvy season we've had, of course, with Nuno, then Conte coming in. And then obviously you had the the, well, the the post-Burnley reaction for the reverse fixture and how things have changed. The mood has changed. Like if you put this show next to how we felt after that show, I mean, I know doing it, that was a real low moment of the season. So to come as far as we've had now, I think would be, as Conte said, the players would deserve Champions League now based on the turnaround and how the club have managed to get on that today. Ritz, come over to you. Kane's first half penalty, enough to secure that precious win for Spurs. As I said to Lee, we move up to fourth. And I think that's really navigating a real tricky game because I think we all were concerned that a 12 o'clock kickoff, as we know, Spurs are known for struggling to get themselves up, to get the crowd up. But really today was, I think, both players fans coming together. There was just this real unity that we've not seen in a long time with Spurs. And Conte's got to take massive praise for that. Players have as well. So's the fans. You know, everybody's come together at really the business end of the season to hopefully see Spurs over the line. 
Listen, the, the 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 energy and the momentum is with us now, Rix. Like you said about that unity, you again, we got to look at this season and how many ups and downs we, we've had. We've had COVID situations. We got chucked out of the conference, check a trade. <laughs> we got, you know, like we, 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 there's been loads of things that have happened. We've had injuries. Of course we've had, you know, but we've had loads of things to deal with and we never thought we'd be here. So they've already outdone themselves, right? But to... There was even protests. There was protests outside the ground at points during this season. So for Conte to come in and for us all to believe straight away that, yeah, we know that this man is going to be the man. And not only that, for him to kind of prove us, prove our belief in him right so early on, it's, it's, it's so encouraging. Like, it is so encouraging. It, it's like, it was going to be, the, this was the, the toughest game, I believe, for us. After the North London derby, like you say, a 12 o'clock kickoff. Um, and it's not just that, it's the amount of work rate that they put into today's game, but also the amount of work rate that they put into uh, Thursday's game. So that's why as soon as they got over the line, 60 minutes on Thursday, they took the brakes off and they just controlled it. I didn't realise that's what they were doing. I was kind of like, I wanted more. I wanted four, I wanted five, I wanted six. I wanted to bury their yeah, nose awesome. in it on Thursday. But that was such, that was so smart by Conte to put that in and to, and for the players to execute it in the way that they done it on Thursday. So that's still a lot of mental concentration. It was a lot Rick, going on. Rick, just on that as well, just in chat with you there as well, on that specific point. Again, if he doesn't do that on a North London derby, do we get over the line today? Because there were some tired legs out there, people going down, people, you know what I mean? And, and that, that last 10 minutes when, when balls are going into the box and big horse and... Do we get over the line? And that's why I agree with you. It's a really important point. Yeah, and, and this is where the shift in mentality comes into. They all knew today what, what was on the line and they all knew about the fight. Do you know what I mean? And they all knew they had to turn up. They all knew about the, the, professional, uh, the professional side of things. But they also had a bit of payback for Burnley when they beat us in, in the previous game. So there's, there's loads of things. But... The pressure was on us to turn up and get those three points today and for them boys to work as hard as they did to get that and yes it was a penalty and some are going to argue whether that penalty should have been given or not but it was var's given it the ref's given it it was a penalty and harry's got to step up and do that and like you're saying there lee look at the end there we've got emerson royal who was everywhere today i saw him everywhere i saw him right back i saw him right center mid i saw him left back i saw him left wing it's coming. I can't wait for that conversation, bro. Drop the comp. Drop the comp. Drop the coming. Drop it, Emerson. He, he worked so hard today. So for him, I hope he. I hope it's just tiredness, and I hope it's mm. just you know just a little bit of a, a niggle that he's got. And by the time we get to Norwich, he he can play in it. But like even he had to come off, yeah. and and kind of you know because he worked his socks off. And this is where we're at right now. This is the shift in mentality. And this is what Conte's done. The fact that Sonny was upset when he came off the other night, changing mentality. You know, the fact that they went out there and put everything on the line today and got over that line. You know, people are quick to call us Spurs, you've got to remember. So for us to get over that line when the line's presented to us, you know, changing mentality and the momentum and the energy is with us. And I truly believe in my whole being right now that we're going to get that top four. You know, and so much so, the Gooners. Let's look at the Gooners for a second. Not only did they run in January, February, whenever that was, December, January, whenever that first game was, not only did they run then, but come to the fight, come to Thursday night, 
And they can feel aggrieved about whatever they want to feel aggrieved about. But were they there for the fight? They could have won it. They could have shut up shop. They yeah. could have shut us down, got the bragging rights for, for a win and secured Champions League. But what happened when it came to the fight? They, they flew away. As soon as they knew they was out of the fight, they didn't want to come back. So that type of attitude is in them right now. Going to Newcastle on a Monday night with their TIFOs as well. Newcastle's going to have the same the war flags are coming, rocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. The, so it's like I don't know whether they can handle that again. So it's like, look, man, we're, it's 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 on our. The footballing gods are with us right now, and I don't want to say it too, but they are. They're with us. So let's go. We've done it. We've got over the line. Let's go into that last game. Let's go and have it now. I'm just conscious there's quite a lot of Geordies in this chat. So to all the Geordies out Jordies. there, lads, Love listen, the we're with you tomorrow. Come on, Hawaii, the lads. We're going to do it. We're going to do it, fingers crossed. Georgie, let's bring you in. Um, listen, it, it wasn't especially pretty from Spurs. So we have to be honest and say that. But um, it does pile the pressure now on Arsenal for tomorrow night because um, you look at it now, the, you know, putting Arsenal in that position where they've got to go to Newcastle and probably win to have Champions League in their hands on that final day. You know, that's big pressure. That is big pressure. And I think for Spurs, generally, the way they managed that game today, how impressed was you, George? Because, you know, we've had you on, as I said, throughout the Nuno to Conte and then the transition of that. Are you proud of the way the team's managed to see out that game? So on the back of what I said to Lee at the start, it was a very, very exhausting London derby. It took a lot out of the players. We had a very short turnaround. Arsenal were having the extra day as well. How impressed have you been, George, of the way Conte's managed this period? Massively, I think as well because of the fact that I think someone might mention before, but there's a lot of the time in the past we, if it's a game like this where it's one nil or, or something like that, we tend to fold at the end or something doesn't go right. We end up getting a few draws, but now I don't know if it's, it's the mentality they've got, but Conte seems to work has worked out how we need to shut up shop, and you could tell how fuming he was at the Brighton game when we didn't do that, and ever since then. I think he's just tried to, you know, cancel it out completely. And today you saw the energy from the players. Like I think when when Kane scored the penalty, I remember I think Davis and Dyer were like the furthest back and they just turned around to the south stand and were like proper, like just trying to get the fans up, like going into the faces. Even at the end of the game, the likes of Cessna, you know, they all came over and just really tried to pump energy up into the team. So I think there's definitely been a huge mentality shift um, amongst the players where I think they're fighting a lot more. And I think they know that it's in reach. They know Arsenal can potentially crumble in the last couple of games. And all we've got to do realistically is just win our games. If it happens, it happens. If not, then unlucky. We can just, like like Lisa, we can look back in the past. And every team can do that, right? Every team can look back at previous games where they've where they've struggled and maybe should have done better. But no, I'm definitely proud of the way they're playing massively. I think they've they've all the players should be proud of themselves. And I'm, I'm liking the spirit that the, the whole club has, to be honest with you. Not just the players and the manager. The whole club just... Everything feels positive right now. So, yeah, just keep it going. George, interesting to stick with you. You know, there's some really good stats out there with Spurs. You know, first single goal win for Spurs since February. And I think it's the first Premier League single goal victory without a last-minute winner since Conte's first game. You know, so it just shows with Spurs, they rarely win without every single player playing very well. But I do think now we've come to a period where Spurs, as it's shown today, they can really grind out results, performances. And it's on the back of a real testing week for the club where, you know, we talk about Spurs' mentality, having to go into games and must win. Spurs have now come off the back of two games where there was real increased pressure on the team to not only go and put a performance in, but to go and win both. And Spurs have done that. And also, I think we should also, and I know this might be in Lee's blue book, so forgive me, Lee, for me putting this towards George, but uh, we've only conceded five goals in our last 10 Premier League games, you know, we can't underestimate just how good Conte has made that defence. And I must say, that's without Christian Romero there, back-to-back yes. games as well, George. 
Yeah, massively. I think um, I probably speak for a lot of people when I say like last year, I was not happy with having Dyer centre back, even Davis or and like earlier in the season, even the likes of Royale and stuff. I feel like it just wasn't the level we needed. But look, Conte has clearly trained them to be a solid unit because every week I'm seeing Davis putting a massive shift. Some of the blocks he's putting in is incredible. Dyer sort of leading the bat line. And like you said as well, the fact that Romero was out the very last minute in the North London derby, I think a few of us sort of sort of panicked a little bit and then thinking, oh God, is Sanchez coming in? Is he going to have one of those games? It's so hit and miss. Like, is he going to like, you know, potentially give away a penalty or whatever it may be? But no, I think the last couple of games he's stepped up big time. And I think I've been impressed with him coming into that back three and haven't seen him make a single mistake really. So, yeah, massive credit to his coaching because there are a lot of players in this team that I thought just weren't simply just weren't good enough. And they've they've come together, they've got clean sheets left, right, and center. I think even Hugo Reese has got more clean sheets than Ramsdale, and everyone was banging on about him being one of the best goalkeepers this season. He saved us in a lot of games as well, where people have sort of said that Lloris has passed it. So yeah, great coaching. I think especially bringing the likes of Kulazewski and Benton Core, there's there isn't that over-reliance on Kane and Son anymore. That was the big, big, big issue at the start of the season where if some wasn't playing well, usually the meant Kane wasn't playing well because they tend to feed each other goals and it works vice versa. Whereas now Kulazeski's come in, he's getting assists and goals, even like today coming on the pitch when he's ill, still putting in, I think, a solid shift for the team. Um, and Bentoncourt today, another player that I thought really yeah. stepped up where he's had a few, yeah. couple of shady games recently, but again, just looks so silky and slick on the ball. I and mean, we got, we got... But decent players in this team. If we add to this, we can be a serious, serious unit next year. Honestly, <clears throat> I mean, it's just such. It's lovely to talk like this about Spurs because um, we're back on the up. There's no doubt. It, regardless if we get fourth or fifth or not, we're in a very, very good position for, for for next season. And you are right. I've got the blue, but brilliant stats from George. But I've done a bit, a bit of working out pre Conte, post Conte, just in the Premier League era, right for this this season. So we played 10 games under under Nuno. Do you remember him, by the way? Nuno, no, I don't. That's a different season, isn't it? He actually, he actually <laughs> managed off this season. <laughs> I mean, what? That is crazy. Absolutely crazy. So under Nuno, nine goals scored. Nine goals scored. Mad, isn't it? It's actually good crazy. We conceded crazy. 17 goals in, in 10 games. That's 1.7 goals per game, right? Quick math. Um, 16 points, we won five, we we lost five, and then I think there was a draw in there or a couple of draws in there or whatever. Under Conte, right, and the same, uh, under 27 games, 52 points, we've got 52 points. We scored 55 goals during that period of time. And, and get this, you, you mentioned we've only conceded five goals in the last 10 matches. We've only conceded 23 goals since he's been at the club. Yes, that is insane. In the Premier League, that's first. impressive. Yeah, and that's you, mad. Bear yeah. in mind, everything, George, you were just saying, when I was driving up my mate Steph, who's, who's probably watching you, right, fella? Um, we were chatting about, you know, bang average players being made better. And I asked, I asked my mate, because we were chatting the same thing. I asked Steph, I said, oh, you know, do you think they're average now, though? And he's like, well, well, yeah. And I said, but they've got better, though, haven't they? So now they're not at that a bang average level anymore. They're, they're a better level. And we were having that conversation. So what he's done is is absolutely remarkable. And, and that's why I think that, look, the league don't lie. At the end of the day, the league don't lie. So you can't say, oh, we deserve fourth if we get fifth. But if the if the, if the the um, table was played now, we'd be third. And just, just so you know, and if the, the actual table now, we are fourth in the amount of goals scored in the league. We are fourth 
with the amount of goals conceded in the league. We are fourth. That's joint fourth, by the way. We are fourth in the goal difference in the league today. And in terms of points, obviously, at the moment, as it stands, we are fourth. So we've done everything possible to get into a fourth position. And at the end of the day, we've 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 got to re- still rely on them because maybe a mistake that we made or whatever it is. But you know mm. what he's done is remarkable. Regardless, we finished fourth or fifth. I think I think he's what he's done. He's been absolutely brilliant, brilliant yeah. for us. I totally agree. I mean, it's, it's interesting after the game, Rick. He says Conte says that he believes he's created a team now that is deserving to play in the Champions League. He said, "I have seen a team that has improved in so many aspects. It's not easy now to play against us. To face Burnley was not easy." I'm very happy because I saw a team that has improved a lot. Now they deserve to go and play for a place in the Champions League. And Joe, it's very hard to you know disagree with him because you can actually see just how much this team has come since his arrival up until now. There's been, I want to say, a genuine improvement in the majority of the players that have been playing consistently since his arrival. And that's not easy. And a lot of these players, Spurs and me, I, I wrote off. You know, I wasn't too sure if Dyer was good enough if Davis was good enough, if Royale was good enough. I know that jury's still out. But then you look at, obviously, how he's improved. Session Young as well. Session Young, another one that many had reservations. Session Young, for me, was probably the man in the match today. Him and Emerson. That tells you just how far mm. we've come. Him and Emerson, <laughs> between them two, could be man in the match. And we know anything is so important from the wing-back. So, Ricks, to you, do you believe now you look at this side, are they, is there a core of players there ready now for the Champions League, potentially, under Conte? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got his base and he's got his foundations well set in that base. So now he, he's got something to build on. Now, as long as, you know, he gets the right players in the right positions to play Conte football next season, it's exciting where this where this Tottenham team can go. Can go. And, and it, it shows us as well. It's like sometimes we, maybe us as a fan base, sometimes we'll write off a player, you know, maybe a bit too early. I know we all do it. We, we don't do it in malice. Whenever I, I know none of us want to slag off any player that plays for Tottenham and, and has got a cockerel on their chest. Do you know what I mean? I, I never want to slag off a player, but I will critique it. If I see it, then I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up. But I, I want all of these players to do well. You know, yes, maybe some of them have to move on still. And yes, we need some new players in there, some Conte players in there. But I'm really proud of the boys and how they've responded to Conte and how they've stepped up their game you know, bit by bit, these dips that we've had, especially in this half of the year, you know, the Wolves, the Southamptons, we've talked about the Brightons and the, uh, and the Brentfords. Um, although they've been disappointing, they've, they've in, in those points, they've learned vital lessons and they've been hurt in a way. You know, it's disrupted our rhythm and it's disrupted the league positions at times and they've felt the pain. And it's like Conte's got into their heads now that to, to kind of have this, this truly winning mentality, they want to win every part of the pitch. They want to make sure that those three points are secured. When it's time to shut up shop, like Georgie was saying earlier, they, they've kind of, they've got it sorted out now. They've worked it out. You know, Davies has been a revelation. Revelation. He was on everybody's to-go to list. He's been a revelation. He's a, he's a new player. He's, I, I would, if we sold him tomorrow, I'd be upset because in the sense of, we at least at least need to keep him in the squad. So what Conte has done has been next level, but the job ain't over. We ain't finished yet. 
We still need to do what we need to do against Norwich and we can't get ahead of ourselves. I'm talking about the boys. Us fans can get ahead of ourselves. It's all right. But do you know what I mean? Like the boys, they can't yeah, get ahead great. of themselves. They've got yeah. to keep their heads on and, and go out there and do a job. You know, they, the job ain't over yet. Nothing's secured as yet. So whatever happens tomorrow against Newcastle for the Gooners, we've still got to go out there and do our jobs. And this is where the mentality has changed. And I believe that they will go at it. You've got to look at how we played against Mura and Vitesse. Yeah, this was still under Conte. Yeah, but I, like, forgot, I those, forgot about this. Listen, those, those were under Conte, but we you didn't cover those with shows with the Queen. You were lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Poor well, Rick's had to do them once. <laughs> but, but, but we still had that, that trait where we couldn't trust our second 11, or if we swapped anybody into the team, it's like we really couldn't rely on anybody to turn up. And Conte's taken this bunch of players and turned them into this. I mean, the sky is going to be the limit for us next year, man. It's really exciting, but. We still got a job to do. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I must just also add a I mean, great, great put on the screen here. Um, that was in reference to Paratigi here from Matthew Yahole. Says you know we have to talk about key Paratigi has been Conte, Romero, Bentancur, Decky. They've saved our season. Don Fabio brought them all to us, and of course, yeah, we know Fabio was also responsible for, of course, obviously the appointment of Nuno. But if you look at overall, um, you can definitely see there's been a change in Spurs for the right reason since paratigi has been here. And if you think, you know, again, he's going into his first full proper summer transfer window, please got its Chavezy football behind him. Got to be excited by that. You, you have to be excited about the future. And I think it's fair to say that with Spurs over the last couple of seasons, I don't think we could arguably say we've been that excited going into it. No, but now, no. Conte, you do feel there is that real belief oh. and excitement. George, coming over to you. Interestingly, Conte yes. said after the game that uh, he believes Spurs would not have beaten Burnley a few months ago. He said Burnley was the perfect team to test our nerve. The team is becoming strong in its mind. I'm also seeing personally a lot of self-improvement in each and every player. Do you feel that way, George, for you? You feel if this game was played a few months ago, this Spurs team wouldn't have got over the line? It's just probably frustrating now if we played Southampton, of course, and forgive me, Brighton as well, and Wolves. We would have walked this top for an argument. We could have been third, George. I know that's football, but it's just utterly frustrating that now, finally, Spurs are coming really to the core under Conte. Yeah, definitely. It's like I said earlier, I think it's a lot of these games we probably would have maybe thrown away last minute or, you know, would have been frustrated not getting the goals, especially like it's a Kane and Sunderland. We know how much they love to score and it, unfortunately they didn't get too many today, but um, they, it just there just seems to be a lot more unity in a lot of the players at the moment, um, especially when things aren't necessarily going our way where, you know, we were on the front, front foot in the first half, but we weren't getting the goals and the real clear-cut chances. And of course, um, Pope pulling off saves like it's nothing um, stopping us from getting the <laughs> second and third. But um, no, honestly, I'm I'm really, really excited to see what we're going to do in the summer because we've got to remember as well, we've just on the Paratici thing quickly, he managed to convince Christian Romero, the Italian player of the season, the Messi wanted him <laughs> at Barcelona, Copa yeah. America winner. We managed to convince him with Europa Conference League football and Nuno as our manager to come in. That's how good Paratici is. So, ben, so now we've got Conte potentially top four. I'm ecstatic for the, the potential signings we can get. And I think what a lot of people got to remember as well, it's not quite like Mourinho where, yes, he's very demanding in terms of the players, but I feel like Mourinho asks for a lot of higher priced, really top target players to bring in. Conte just needs players that fits his system perfectly. So we don't need to go spend 200 million. I mean, he he wanted Moses at Chelsea and Inter Milan and won the league with both of them. He brought in Ashley Young at Inter Milan to win it there. Christian Eriksen, like these aren't, obviously you know, Eriksen's amazing, but he's not going for these really, really expensive players. He's going for players that will just do the job. So I'm I'm so excited for next year to see what oh, sort of the, the pool yeah. that he has to to bring in and to, yeah it should be a great yeah. year. 
George, a lot of comments. So have you gone? How are you, Lee? Yeah. Bang on. No, I, absolutely bang on. I'm sorry, I just want because I know you're going to start getting into the game. I just want to throw some more stats out because you need to be lapping this up, viewers and listeners. Lapping these He's up. A stat, man. I'm <laughs> on the stats. So Pochettino era, let's start there. So eight seasons ago, Tottenham Hotspur brought in Maurizio Pochettino. And in his first season, we got 64 points. Yeah, forget where we finished. I think we finished fifth <laughs> average points. The average place that we finished, as Jordan referenced earlier, is fifth in our entire history in the Premier League. In the 15-16 season, the famous we bottled it against Leicester, even though Arsenal were top of the table that season, um, and we never was, we got 70 points. The, the, the following season was our best season ever in the, uh, in the um, uh, modern era, like under Poch, 86 points. And then the following season, 77 points. This is really important to try and keep up, right? The 18-19 season, when Yang had his penalty saved at Wembley by Hugo Lloris, we only pipped Arsenal to top four by one point, and we got 71 points. And then the drop-off after that, with Champions League, whatever, 59 points under Jose, 62 points the following season. Uh, absolutely woeful. This year, if we win our last game, which I think we're confident we will, we'll get 71 points. So, so we will get the third highest points total in eight seasons, and, and we are talking. That's massive. That's massive. We are talking massive potch days as well. That is unbelievable. And, and we are talking about a season where we've sacked our manager, had bang average <laughs> players, and we're still going to get the third highest points total in eight seasons. I mean, this is blowing my mind here, people. Yeah, so mad. don't be, don't be, don't be. Look, be disappointed, of course, but don't be. No, don't go crying if we don't get top four, because what we've done is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And, and as George, I echo what you just said, we're on the uh, uh, you know, upward trajectory and going into the summer under that is, is unbelievable. I mean, we are talking about the best team we ever had like in the modern era with 86 points and we're going to get the third highest points total. That is just insane, isn't it? Yeah, it is mad. I think someone said it earlier. We've also missed Christian Romero for 17 games this season. Yes. Now, George reference. This is the guy that was obviously brought in and under Nuno, of course, as well. But it's 17 games Romero's missed. You know, it just shows you how we've seen so many players step up. Um, what we will do, guys, before we go for a quick break, I must add, uh, Daniel Levy did make some form of a statement today. Sky Sports picked it up and uh, the, the reference was he's told supporters that the club will continue to support investment in the first team even revealed the club is well positioned to move forward next season, regardless of which European competition we find ourselves playing. And he also pointed to success in improving the recruitment, obviously pointing towards Fabio Paratici's appointment and says the desire and determination to see success on the pitch is felt by everyone at the club. And I'm conscious that with a subject like that, I think it's probably about action louder than words. So I think yeah. we could get into a massive debate about this. But in reality, uh, I think we're all going to really see the proofing and the pudding that when we come to the summer, Conte still here. We back the manager. I think that will and everybody playing. So if that is going to be factually correct and where we see things, but uh, we will. I know go you've got to go to a break. I'm so sorry. I'm I, knew so sorry. Lee, I knew Lee was going to interrupt me. I knew. I it. You, you tried. You tried, Ricks. You tried. See how quick I went to that. I went so quick as well. Really, the, the, there's no way. There is no way. Daniel Levy cannot listen to everything that is happening right now. That crowd. He he's in the crowd. Look, Mr. Levy is in the crowd. He's in the stadium. It was unbelievable again today for a midday kickoff. When we're singing Antonio Conte's name, 62,000 people singing it. 
He's not going to give him 20 quid in the summer. He's just not going to no. do it. He's not going to give him... And, and, and actually, as George just said, he don't need 200 million. He just needs a few more Bentinkers and a couple more um, deckies. And I think we're going to end in, obviously, different positions, I mean. And I think we can uh, we can do some terrorising things um, yeah. next year. And I think it's just very, very quickly. I think like, I know we obviously want, we want Champions League football. We, of course we do. We want to be in the best competitions or whatever. But I do think it's not absolutely necessary for someone like Conte because look at his history, right? He's, he's all about the league. He hasn't necessarily got the best record in European football, but he wants to I win think, leagues. Yeah. So I think for him, it's just more about the fact that, listen, it doesn't matter if we're fifth or fourth, are you going to give me the players that I want? Are we going to keep Kane? I think that's going to be like the priority. And if we get both of those done, it shouldn't matter what. But of course, of course, we're going to want to be in the top four anyway. Kane, yeah. Kane's staying. Don't worry about that. I've yeah, he's staying. No, where's he going to go? Where's he going to go? I feel, like, I feel, like, I feel, like, I'm, I feel like I'm obliged now to come to Rick's because now Lee's gone, Jimmy's <laughs> gone. Rick's, you want to come in on that? <laughs> well, you know, I was, try I was trying to let you go to the break, bro. As soon as you said no, break, bro, that's no, like no, being no. like, all right, cool. I was like, sitting back. I was like, all right, cool. Um, I mean, do you want me to go? I'll go. Fine. You can go, bro. You can go, go. You can go. Go no. for it. Go on. Just to, just to echo what the boy said already, but we've already hit our league quota. Our, 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 all of our all of us fans, our, our biggest kind of achievement, our highest thing that we believed that we could possibly get was Europa League. A lot of us, there were some of us that were saying top four, but a lot of us was like, if we get Europa League, then all right, cool. We've had an all right season. So he's already done that. Yeah, he's already secured that. It's about now, can we go a step further and get the Champions League? But, uh, but that'll put like the, the, the cherry on the cake for him when it comes down to this summer. That means they might be able to go out and splash out on a couple more of, of the players that he wants. Or they might be able to spend big on one that he really wants and still get the yeah. uh, five others that he wants. So mm -hmm. that will be the cherry on the cake that is going to come to it. But he, if, hearing that already, uh, the statement from Mr. Levy... <laughs> Um, hearing that from uh, <laughs> it, it was it was just funny saying that laugh, it's that laugh you said it as well. Um, no, nah, but hearing that statement is encouraging, and yeah. when it comes down to action, and I 100% with you, Ricks, when you talk about action, yeah, we want to see it as soon as it gets to the summer, and that is definitely going to be crunch. But we've already had tasters of, of the action. Um, I will give uh, Serge Aurier as an example. First time ever we've we've paid up somebody's contract to let him go on a free, and that mm. was before um, Conte came in. That was under Paratici, you know. So he's like, look, we want to bring in another right back. We know Serge ain't the one. Let's get rid of him. We can't sell him. And we tried up until the last minute to sell him, even for a million quid. We couldn't do it. So he's like, all right, I'm cool. But we're, we're going to buy that right back. Think about the mentality shift. As a Tottenham fan and, and people that follow Tottenham all the time, so they've done that. They brought in Emerson and then they got rid of Serge. The same thing happened in January where we got, we paid up Delhi's contract. You've got to remember, it was only 12 months earlier that PSG were in for him and we didn't want to loan him because it was seen as almost like dampening his, his valuation. Or, but we've paid him up and we've let him go on a free. I know there's yeah. clauses, but you know what I mean? As well as sending out your two most valuable signings in La Celso and, and Dombele, we've let them go out on loan. Now, these are not moves that Daniel Levy would have made before Paratici came in. Do you know what I mean? So there is a shift there. And they've brought in two players that have done dynamite for us. So there is a shift there. Look at what we're doing, how we're doing it. That gives me encouragement that the action is going to be taken when it comes down to the summer. So regardless, like Georgie said, he's building a team for the league. He's going to yep. get what he needs in the right positions. It's exciting times. We are back. We are back, guys. We are back.
I love it. Uh, positivity. Do you know, it, do you know I can tell you something. Like, I can tell you something right now. Doing these shows like this, right, is the complete opposite to how they were on the Nuno. And I can tell you right now that that pain, that feeling of going, oh, we've got to record. <laughs> it's yeah, honestly right? so vibrant. It is honestly so vibrant. But what we will do, listen, we've got free talkers tonight, so you have to apologise. <laughs> we will go for our first break of the show for our listeners that are on audio. Antonio, absolutely massive win out there. Oh, we had to fight for it, didn't we? What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, uh, a massive win. Uh, today, another. Uh... Must win game for us, and uh, only one result to get three points to put pressure uh, uh, to, to Arsenal. And uh, now, in this moment, we are two points up than them. And uh, for sure, the situation is uh, is still in their hands because they have uh, two games to play. But you know very well that in England it's not simple to win. And uh, today, you have seen that Barley tested our nerves and uh, they came here uh, uh, to play uh, a, a really defensive uh, game, uh, well organized, uh, no spaces for us. But despite this, uh, this uh, I think that um, I have seen the maturity of my team today and uh, I'm pleased. I'm, I'm delighted to see the improvement of, uh, of my team, of these players, uh, because maybe Three months ago, this type of game, uh, you risk to, to lose your head and uh, to lose the game. Instead, now uh, our head uh, was uh, cold and uh, we faced the game in the right way. For sure, if we, we score um, one goal more and we were more relaxed uh, in the last 10 15 minutes, but we had the chance to, to improve the final result. But the most important thing, another cliche, and to get three points and uh, to finish in this way. And uh, until the end, we are in this race. Uh, is uh, I think a big achievement. Is uh, yeah, I have to to thanks the the players, the players because they showed me from my first day a great commitment, great attitude, great behavior, great desire to to improve, to improve and to become strong. Defensively, we were so strong, especially as you said in that last 10 15 minutes when we had to be. Yeah, but uh, I think uh, this team now is a strong team, and uh, um, there are moments that um, yeah, uh, you have to manage, and uh, you know that maybe you can suffer, but. Uh, uh, they are ready in this moment uh, to face uh, uh, and to manage many parts of the games. And I think this is the big improvement that we did. So we lost uh, Deki through illness, so he was on the bench. And yeah. obviously Kuti is out at the moment, so Davinson comes in, Lucas comes in, and they play exactly how you'd want them to play. Step right into the team and do their jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy for, for this because... Uh, um, Every every player, every player, they know very well the importance for me to train every single player in the squad and not to be focused only 10, 11 or 15. And to have this response about my player like Sanchez or Lucas make me happy because it means that they are working in a, in a great way. And yeah... But I repeat, when you see this type of improvement, because also mentally and something has changed. One more to go then. One more. One more to go. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, but now when, uh, one week, one week to prepare the game against Norwich and uh, you know, eh? and I continue to repeat that not easy game in England. We have to prepare very well because we don't know what happened tomorrow. Uh, game, uh, the game uh, Newcastle Arsenal, but uh, we have to do our uh, task and uh, to try to get three points also Norwich, and we'll see what happens at the end of the season. Congratulations on winning player of the season again, mate. Again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, oh, thank you very much. Thank you very I much. I mean, it totally deserved. But tell us a little bit about your season, just in general. You must have loved it. No, I mean, uh, there's always improvement. I mean, uh, I can't be always happy with uh, with my whole season. I'm still. A little bit gutted that, uh, that I didn't play, some games didn't play well, you know, so this is all in, in mind. I don't know if I deserve it, because uh, I think every single player deserve it and they work really, really hard about Are it. Are you buying that, Rob, that he didn't deserve it? Oh, no, you deserved it, Sonny, <laughs> but without a doubt. I, from, from day one, from Manchester City uh, here, that tremendous goal from uh, right to now, you, you've deserved it. You're still in the running for Golden Boot, of course, you're still running for, for the Champions League. Um, but what about the mentality of this group since Antonio Conte is coming? Can you talk about that for us? I mean, it's uh, changed so many things. I mean, uh, also mentality, but I think the work work rate is just incredible, uh, incredible, um, gone really high, you know. So they, they won't win and they know how to win. Even sometimes it's not the right way, but uh, we know how we'll to. take it today. Yeah, huh? so like, like today, I mean, it was a really tough game, but uh, you could see the character. The players at the personality i mean this was uh, really really cold and i mean there's one more one more game i mean um individual achievement is i think not important at the moment because we are two points ahead uh, um I don't you, want to you say you were frustrated team, but... when you came off the other night, though, Sonny. You were frustrated when you got taken off. Of course, off. of course. I mean, <laughs> uh, as a player, you you should be always hungry. You know, yeah. I'm just uh, want to. Uh, Help the team, and uh, obviously I want to score because it's always uh, something special game. You got half an eye on that golden boot as well. Pardon? On the golden boot, have you got half an eye on that? Yeah, well, if you know, I'm I'm lying. Eh? <laughs> if, you, if you know, I'm lying because uh, because um, because uh, golden boots. Uh, I think every single player was a dream about it. So I mean. But it's not bigger than bigger than that we finish top four. This 100% this is uh, clear. Well, look, how about we get top four and you get the golden boot? Just a couple of goals needed against Norwich, shall we? Wish me good luck. Sonny, can I ask you one more? You, this stand in particular, there is something about you scoring massive goals in front of this South stand. What is it like when you put the ball in against Arsenal, when you put the ball in against whoever, right in front of this big tier with all these fans? Uh, yeah, get really passionate, you know. Like, I mean, I loved it. I loved it, and uh, score a few goals, and uh, behind uh, behind this amazing stands. Uh, but it's just like incredible. Even I score, I celebrate. When when I go back home, I'm just thinking. I'm still thinking about it. You know, did I score in the, this unbelievable stadium? And yeah, it's just. Just, uh, just incredible feeling, to be honest. Well, look, Sonny, congratulations on another big win, and fingers crossed for the top four, and fingers crossed for the golden beat. Let's, let's thank do you this. so much. Thank mate. you very much. Uh, Congrats, thank Sonny. Thank you, thank you. I must just say, guys, there's over a thousand of you, over a thousand of you watching us live um, across all of our platforms right now. So thank you so much for all of your incredible support for last one of Spurs. Hit the um, likes. Hit the likes. The if likes. we're going to finish top four, hit the likes. Hit the likes. If you, you want know, top four, hit the likes. Come on. <laughs> Beautiful. What we will say, guys, is um, as you know, across the season, we've been absolutely delighted to be sponsored by NordVPN. Uh, Nord, for anybody that is unaware, of course, 
We've been described as the Harry Kanes of VPNs. They are, of course, a secure, fast, and incredibly easy-to-use VPN. And they've got the device protection of Christian Romero and the internet speed of Hun Min Son. I've personally found this is great to use when you're going through the airports or you're abroad and you're not being able to watch all the latest football, depending on where you're based in terms of locations. Just change that location setting feature and get all the latest football. They've got 5,200 servers across 59 countries in the UK. It is also worth mentioning at the moment that Nord have got a special feature and discount, of course, of their bandwidth throttling, which is when your internet service provider typically reduces your bandwidth and internet speed to encourage you to upgrade your package with them. You can get a discount, like I say, now by going to www.nordvpn.com forward slash LWOS. Get yourself one month additional free and, of course, that threat protection. And, of course, like I say, NordVPN, you know where to go. Make sure you go and check that out. And, guys, like I say, we've got to get back into what's been... A cracker of a show so far. So much still to uncover. Well, that was a 1-0 game. It's funny that our shows that are, got less goals in them seem to have more minutes. Don't ask me how that works, but that's what <laughs> happens when you get onto last word on Spurs, essentially. But I must just say, guys, um, it was echoes of Lasagna Gate for Spurs this week. And Ali Gold said this as well recently because um, Spurs had a situation where four players came down with a stomach bug, which was only found out, I think, really late on Friday, early this, well, I think early, late on Friday, and it came to light really early this morning just how much Spurs were struggling. So Lucas Mora came in for Dian Kulisewski, who was only fit enough for a bench on the place, as we mentioned, after recent illness. Alfie Devine, he trolled up with the squad just in the event that he may need to be called upon due to, unfortunately, the stomach bug that went down. Davinson Sanchez continued for Spurs on the right of a back three once again. And I think, again, um, just to emphasise how thin Spurs' squad right now was... Conte named two goalkeepers, maybe potentially with a bit of a bit of a shift there towards the ball, just reminding them of what he needs to do in the summer. You know, two goalkeepers on the bench. So um, Conte did confirm that Kulisevsky, Galini, Loris and Winks were suffering with a stomach problem. He said yesterday morning, the doctor sent me a message that a few players had not been well. Um, Decky didn't have a training session. Galini and Hugo also and Winks as well. Despite this, we faced the game in the right way. And um, for Burnley ahead of the game, they had no Tarkovsky. No Ben Mee in that defence, whilst uh, Redhorse was dropped to the bench. The Spurs' team read Lloris Sanchez, Dyer Davis, Emerson, Hoybier, Benton Corse, Sessignon, Lucas Kane-Son, with a bench of Galini, Austin, Roden, Craig, White, Winks, Burvine, Kulisevsky, Scarlett. I'll tell you guys, when I read this bench right now, it makes me feel remarkable where Conte has got Spurs to and from, that we're going into the last week of the season with Spurs potentially still able to finish in the top four when I read that bench. So, uh, Lee... Thoughts on the team? Thoughts on what's been, like I say, yeah, a bit of a lasagna gate for Spurs over the course of the last week. I know it started getting worried, didn't it? We had a couple of uh, <clears throat> we had a couple of messages from uh, Mr. Costa, our good friend Mr. Costa, and he was like, "Actually, can you verify this?" And we were very calm. Sure. It's it, so, it, so calm, man. So calm. He, he got the word, though. To be fair to him, he got the word that there was some sort of illness going through, and we were like, "No way!" And actually, it was obviously confirmed by Conte after the game. So they tried to obviously keep that one quiet. So um, a little bit of a worry there. But you know, when it wasn't a surprise when Lucas was starting because we did hear uh, Kulusevski was going to be out or he was struggling for sure. Um, at one point, I thought Kane might have to be putting his gloves back on. Uh, like he did back in the Dan Gang goal, but uh, obviously that weren't the case, so that was good. Um, look, I think, it, like you just said, when you read the bench out, the team picks itself. I mean, I think he's only got full team fit outfield first first teamers, if you like, inverted commas, um, that he keeps reminding, like as you said, he keeps reminding everyone of, which is actually quite remarkable. You think about the amount of 
people or, or players that are out that you would have been playing. Like Doherty probably would have been playing, right? If, if Matty Cash ain't taking him out. Um, you know, Regulon might have been uh, switching in and out between Sessignon. Although I do think the run of games, Sess needs runs of games. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, getting runs of games help, helps him and gets his confidence and all that sort of stuff. So uh, maybe Regulon would have been playing a bit part on that. But yeah, so, so I mean, Skippy, We've we've almost forgotten about him, haven't we? He was so good at the beginning of the season, and since Benton Kerr's come in, Ricky Ricky Benton Kerr um, has come in. Well done, Sam. Well done. You've done well um, against uh, alongside sorry Pierre Emil Huibert. I mean Huibert has been back to his best. I, I thought he was outstanding the other night against uh, against Arsenal. Again, really good. I think he gets a lot of. Um, Kind of bad vibes because I mean he, he did make a woeful pass didn't he today one pass went straight to the opposition but other than that you know he gets a lot of bad vibes sometimes because he's not scoring goals or putting it in the top bins or whatever that's not his job uh, take the bins out definitely is his job as, as crackers <laughs> called him the dustman but putting it in the top bins probably not so much um, but yeah so the team picks itself and I thought Lucas is an interesting one for me because coming in for Kulisewski, it gives you a different dynamic. But Lucas wants to always come inside and and, and kind of rightly so. When he scored that absolute uh, brilliant goal, who was it against? Was it against Norwich? Uh, I think Norwich, it was against yeah, Norwich, Norwich. Norwich. It at home. Norwich, it was yeah. coming inside. When, it, when he scored a, his hat-trick against Huddersfield, it was coming inside. When he scored his hat-trick, obviously famous hat-trick against Ajax, he went playing on the wing, was he? It, it was inside. Like Everything was in the middle for Lucas. And for me... That's where he's he's kind of better suited. So when he's stuck out on the wing, he's not as effective. Uh, you know, he, I don't think he's got a. It, I don't know, I'm not, I don't want to be rude to the guy, but I'm not sure his footballing brain as a winger is as good. I think Lucas is an impulse player that comes on and too much time to think. And, and he, he, yeah, he's not there. It's, he it's, it's, it's based on instinct. Room. It's all instinct. Yeah, based on instinct. So quick yeah. think, bang, 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 he's in and. You saw flashes of that today when he was coming inside and I thought, oh, he's going to give him a problem. And actually, he was the kind of player that we, we probably needed to, to kind of give give him something else to think about. So he was probably the one, obviously, the only change, but he was probably the one that we thought, oh, okay, may, maybe there'll be a difference there. But um, we, I don't think we huffed and puffed per se in the first half. I think that I think we actually started pretty well. I think Kane yeah. had a chance quite, quite early on. Um, we was having some corners and... Uh, you know, we had one cleared off the line, all that sort of stuff. But they were just so compact, weren't they, lads, viewers, listeners? They were just compact. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, I, you know, I can't coach this type of football. I, I, I hate, I can't coach this type of football, you know. You know, I have to have the football. Right? Mind Bloody well, could you run here then, innit? Rather than, <laughs> rather than managing it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, whatever Jurgen Klopp said the other week. But I think that that's what they did. And, you know, for them, a point was generally going to be good enough for them. Mm. So they come here to set up yeah. and if they could nick sank, um, you know, on a set piece or whatever, then uh, that was their game plan. And that's why the first goal was so important. Because if they'd have yeah. got it, well, I it mean, would be a very bloody hard yeah. work today. I agree. I mean, we'll come on to that in just a second. Beforehand, we did see Ricks very early on the uh, Burnley already wasting quite a substantial amount of time. We had Maxwell Corne go down in treatment. Uh, that was for three minutes alone. Then we had Nick Pope taking the slowest goal kick possible you could ever imagine. And to be fair, he did pull off some wonderful saves today. He got man of the match, which tells you what you need to know about Spurs' performance. But uh, Rick, is there anything more about the, the wasting time? Is it just part of football now? Does that need to be looked into more in terms of time added on? Do you accept that's part of the game? 
I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's down to the ref to kind of stop the stop the watch when stuff like that, or he believes stuff like that is going on, and add it on at the end. But really, and truly, it is part of the game. We've seen not only teams like Burnley do it, but I didn't didn't Larice get booked for time wasting? Yeah, the the today? irony, the irony, Larice got booked today for time wasting. Yeah, the irony. So, of it. Yeah. So, so I, and I didn't even see what happened at that point. I just, I just, it, it was like, yeah, they've just booked, uh, given a yellow card to Larice for time. I was like, what happened? But it happens. We look at Atletico Madrid. You know, dark arts. That's it. Yeah, it's dark arts. It's part. It is part of the game. There's loads of those elements that, especially if it's against us, we don't like it. But if it, if not that I'm encouraging these actions to take place in my club, but if it happens for us and and we get away with it. It's all right. Let's move on. It's part of the game. It is part of the game. I mean, I don't like the whole like full on diving. I think that's a bit far. I think what the goon done the other day in the first five minutes against us when he just that nobody touched him, but he just he fell over, you know, and uh, in the box. That's I, horrendous. I thought, yeah, that was that shocking. I, I I I don't like that. I don't like that. But um, look, man, it is. It's part of the game. It is part of the game. Um, it do, it doesn't matter about those things. So when things are against us, we, we've always done it the hard way, right? This is why Lee calls it the crazy train. So when things are against us, this is what, or why I like it. It's because it, it makes things very clear and very simple. Do not rely on VAR. Don't rely on the ref. Don't rely on anybody apart from... Don't rely on another person's results. Rely on yourselves. Get up, do the job, and then work out what happens after that. Do you know what I mean? But rely on yourselves and get the job done. And this is what the boys done today. They got the job done. And that's why I'm loving this shift, you know? Yeah. Now, I must say, we've got a couple of Burley fans. Uh, this is the thing, obviously, when you're doing a last word on Spurs pod, and obviously it's a, it's a review, you are going to get fans opposition clubs. And listen, we welcome that. We've got no problem with that at all. I mean, uh, Trev, their Burley fans, says you guys were very lucky today, given a very soft penalty. Let, let's come on and talk about the incident, guys. Let's come over to George. George, um, mm. so there was a VAR check for a handball at the time. Now, I think... Um, being at the stadium, many probably wouldn't know what was going on in that moment because this is what it is with VAR. You know, when it's a different <laughs> different phase of play, I think everybody's quite just almost relying and waiting on what is going to happen in the next action with the referee, then looking at the screen. So there was a check to see first if Son was onside and Son, well, uh, Son was well onside. Then Kevin Friend had been told to go and check his monitor. And obviously going to check the monitor, he then had to distinguish whether Barnes's arm was out in an unnatural position, which... To me, looking at that, I thought it was out in a natural position. Mm-hmm. If I think for me personally, if you're giving the referee a decision to make like that, then already you're, you're putting your team under a real unnecessary risk. And I think now we're in 2022, um, you know, you're going to see more of these being given because obviously the letter of the rule has changed. Mm-hmm. George, what was your view? I mean, understanding obviously it's probably difficult to give a view on it because obviously in the moment live, I doubt you would have seen it in that moment, but watching it back since... Do you think the referee got, got the decision right? Yeah, so um, like I, I think it was a pen, definitely. But we're in the stadium, I was in the south stand, so it was on the other side to me. So obviously, we didn't really know what was going on. It was sort of like um, there was as soon as it, as soon as the moment happened, um, we just heard a slight call for a handball from the fans in the north stand, yep. and we're like, oh, well, yep. what's going on there? All of a sudden, it actually is getting checked. So we're, and what was frustrating is it took so long yeah. for a decision to be made. And we're just sort of sitting there thinking, all right, so it's got to be close. Is it one of them ones where maybe they're not going to give it because it's not clear? But then, obviously, the ref then goes to the, the the TV, watches it, comes back, gives the penalty. They then show it on the screen, and it looked like the most blatant handball. His arm was up here, and it hits him here. 
And I can understand people's frustration. Like some people, if it goes against you and you're saying that, oh, he was really close to Sanchez. But I'm not being funny. I know it's different rules, but we had the same thing with Sissoko in the in the Champions League where that was here yeah, yeah. on his arm. Yeah. Like he was blatant. Like no player naturally stands there in the box with his arm like that. That's just not, it, it's not possible. So the ball's yeah. hit him there. He's blocked the ball going back in the box. It is a penalty. No matter whether it's soft or not, it is a pen. He's blocked the ball from going in the box in an unnatural position. So, yeah, it was a weird one why it took so long for me, to be honest with you. Mm, I mean, Lee Cameroni, Conte said I, it was a 200% penalty, not 100%, 200%. He said it was so clear when your arm is in this way and you take the ball, I think it was so clear. I think, you know, what we've got to get to here, Lee, is that whether it was soft penalty or not, and maybe some would say it was certainly softer than Cedric's on Son, Barnes's arm, you know, to put it up there... Like I say, it doesn't need to be in that situation, does it really? You know, you're giving the referee a decision to make, aren't you, Lee? Is there anything Burnley fans could be, you know, aghast with that decision, really? Well, Trip said it was a bit soft, but I mean, I'm in the South as well, same as George. So we saw, when we saw it go live, we thought from where we're sitting, oh, that's a pen. Like, we think it might be a pen. And then and then it, it nothing really happened. And then it was taken ages. And we were like, oh, they're checking this. Got exactly the same. It's got to be tight. It's got to be tight because it took so long. And when they showed it on the screen, it was literally his hand was out here and the ball hit like it was hit. I was like, literally, it was a no brainer of a pen. So I thought it was a definite pen. I haven't watched it back. There's no need to. We've won, won one nil. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that you know when when we was in the stadium, we saw it. it you know, everybody thought it was a pen um, in the end. And when you saw the VAR thing on there, so look. I'm not sure now whether pens are soft anymore. How can you give a soft pen but, if you yeah. know what the rules are and you've got VAR checking them? It can't be soft, yeah. can it? it? They're trying to make it, you know, like right or wrong. It can't be like an in-between. So so the rule says if the ball hits your hand in the penalty area, your arm below the sleeve line in the penalty area, it's a pen. And that's exactly what happened. And that's why it was a penalty. Yeah, I mean, Rick, I mentioned it there. I mean, to me... That's a very much 2022 penalty, I think, these days. And then given VAR as well with that, because I think, as the comments have just said here, that once you go and ask the referee to go and have another look, it's very unlikely now the referee is not going to edge with the decision to go and give it because it almost feels for him he's been asked to go and see it. And therefore, if you've been asked to go and see it, it's because you've maybe missed something that's clear and obvious, right? So, I mean, do you have a view on it for you, Rick? Is that a right penalty to give in your opinion? Um, I mean, look... When that penalty was given against Sissoko in the Champions League final, as Georgie said, we, I mean, and we'd still scream about it today, you know, it bounced, I think it bounced off of Sissoko's knee and then it hit him, do you know, in those 25 seconds in that Champions League final. And, you know, we, we, we was all up in arms and we could still argue about that moment today. So I totally get where the Burnley fans are coming from and that it is harsh or soft, but it is now it is part of the rules. Like you say, it is a very VAR 2022 type of type of pen. But at the end of the day, he was his arm was so far out that it was like he was signaling and his indicator had broke. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He was like, Yeah, we're going left, lads. We're going left. We're going left. I've, don't worry. I've, it's out the window. I've got it out the window. It's fine. Like, can you slow down? Can you can you do you know what I mean? Like, that's how far out it was. <laughs> so, I don't know what you can say. You know, it is what it is. It, it, look, like, you know, it is what it is. It, it, they, they've given it. I'm glad it's gone our yeah. way. 
Well, out of interest, Rick, you know, Trevor's come back there. Obviously, Trevor, big Bernie fan, obviously, on there. He says, you lot would go mad had that yeah. been given against you. Would you, Rick, would you be angry if that was given against you? Because yeah, yeah, personally, for I me, I'd be asking, what's my player doing, putting his arm in that position, like you've just said there, yes. you know, giving a left signal? Yes, yes. Uh, all, 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 yes is all and above, yeah. But of course, I would still be like, oh, come on. Like, because once you love your team and your heart's in it, it hurts you, right? So, yeah. of course... I would be screaming at the TV. I'd be like, what? And then I'd see it. And then like you just done there, Ricks, I kind of yeah. rationalise it with myself. I go, oh, yeah, but his arm's out. And uh, all right, fine. There's been so many decisions that have gone against yeah. us in the past. But we've had to just take it on the chin. And that's why it's not that we're celebrating a, a decision that's gone our way. But yeah. we kind of are. Like, we, yeah. we, we, we're taking that karma. You know, when they say swings and roundabouts and yeah. it comes back and, you know, in football. Uh, so I'm, I'm just open. That this is our time, this is our moment, the, the, the momentum's with us, and that pen was given. It's it's a bit harsh and a bit soft, but this is what pens are today, you know? So, mm. what can you we know, do? Yeah, no, no, Rick, I, I can be agree with you on that point. You know, it's one of those... Ricky Sacks, can I try something? I've got, I've got a penalty lined up here. Then thing I would say is, as long as it's a, it's a still image, if it's a video, it will be a copyright infringement. Why would it be? Why would it be copyright though? Because it's the Premier League's ownership rights of that video. So it's a, if it's a still image, we can show it. If it's a video, unfortunately, we can't. Oh, it's a video. Let's sack that one off. Then. <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what, Rich? Before we before we move on, I just want to say something. But there was yep. a fan comment from Knockout mm. something. Yep. I don't know what he was. I, I can't. I don't know what his name is. And you might be able to find it. You might be able to put it on. But I felt that he had a really good point in the sense that he was like, he loves this pod because he, he's, he's basically allowed to disagree. Once he disagrees with other pods, he doesn't feel like, or they disclude him as a Spurs fan. And yeah. the one thing I think we all kind of echo is that I, it doesn't matter if my opinion is totally opposite to yours at home mm. or yours in the panel. I yeah. still believe that you're right in your own right, mm. in, in your thoughts and feelings as a Spurs Agreed. fan, Agreed. you're... You're absolutely right in how you think and how you feel about Tottenham. All yeah. I'm going to do is give you my perspective and go, yeah. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm just going to give you something else to think about or another way of looking at the same situation. And I think that's Agreed. what we all do. So we, we mm. welcome, we welcome like opposite opinions, different opinions on the team. We're happy to discuss it. We're happy yeah. to have you a part of the crew. You know I what agree. I mean? Make sure you like and subscribe and all the rest of it. Knockout King or whatever your name was. You know, and um, and if you haven't got NordVPN, there's a there's a link for that as well. So... <laughs> Rick, want to take over, mate? You can come over my seat if you want. Give me the. I'm looking forward to the summer. Don't just tell you. Come and take over, Rick. Give me a break from this hot seat. I tell you, I need I got it. You, mate. Cheers, bro. I tell you, I tell you what. Let's talk about the Harry Kane penalty. Let's talk about how clinical he was. I mean, George, come over to you. Uh, yes, I've got to say, you know, Kane burying that. You know, Pope was left real motionless, wasn't he? And the fact that. You know, it did change the dynamic of the game. We saw Burnley players fuming, the coaching staff were fuming. Uh, Conte seemed to lose his rag as well with the Burnley bench. They were exchanging words. And, you know, I think Conte could not get over the fact that Burnley were contesting it was a penalty. And meanwhile, Kane, coolest guy, ice cool from the spot. And, you know, Kane has taken some real pressure penalties over the course yes. of the last few weeks, over the course of the last few seasons. But, I mean, you look at Kane's record, was that 21 penalties in a row, George? That's phenomenal. I mean, Alan Shearer-esque, Matt Letizia-esque, George? I, I think he's genuine. Well, he's definitely the best penalty taker I think I have ever seen. I think he's unreal. The amount that he's scored, and it's not even just the amount, it's like the way he scores them as well. It's always just buried 
bottom corner, top corner. It's just so much power that it doesn't even matter. Like a lot of keep keepers have gone the right way for his pens and it's just impossible to save them. There's no flashiness about it. It's no just like these hop, skip and jumps, these triple jump ones that just a lot of players seem to do these days, which is so easy to save that he's just, he's so good at them. And I think it's just, it's mad that I think there are a lot of top players out there that even reference it as well. If I'm not mistaken, and I don't know if it's a fake quote, I hope it isn't. I'm pretty sure Harland has said is that a lot of players watch Harry Kane for penalties. They watch how he takes them. He's just that, he's just so good at them. And I feel there's no other player in the world that I don't feel as confident as taking them as Kane. If we get a penalty, I'm like, okay, it's a goal. Fantastic. We'll up just because he's that good at them. So, yeah, man, I hope he keeps it going. I hope we get another one against Norwich and he just keeps adding to the tally because, yeah, he's quality. Mm, it's, I mean, weird, Lee, it's weird, actually, on Kane because it, it had a couple of shots, hadn't he? Like, I think he had an opportunity right in the first four or five minutes or so. Then he had a couple of shots that were kind of a, a bit, you know, ropey for Kane's standards. And so it was about three or four. And I, I, I said to Dave and Steph, who I sit next to, I said, the next shot he has is score. <laughs> and then we got a penalty. So I was like, oh, I told you. Because like George, I'm very confident. The, the thing that made me uh, chuckle the most about the penalty is Pope, and he's a very good goalkeeper, he didn't even move. He did mm. not even move. Motionless, he just yeah, motionless. to the spot. Yeah. And yeah. Kane almost felt like it was scuffed. It wasn't. But he put it so, like you say, hard and low in almost in the side netting. Pope could have dived and he'd never been anywhere near it anyway. It was uh, it was a fantastic penalty. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, 16th goal of the season for Kane. 21 penalties in a row, I've just mentioned there. And he's got a great record against Burnley. 12 games, nine goals, three assists. Seems to love it against them. Uh, I mean, Rick's Harry Kane right now. I know a lot of people said that penalty causes them many heart attacks because of the nature of just it looked like it was going to go side netting. But just the accuracy of where he put the ball. Anyone better that you want from the spot, Ricks, than Harry Kane? He's just fearless, isn't he? So much so, Ricks can't that, believe that it. That was me. Good that goal. was me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't believe it, bruv. You know, Harry Kane is next level. This is why he spends that amount of time on um, the training pitch. Do you know what I mean? This is, this, you know, this is a dedicated professional. This is somebody who's in love with the game. And he's, he, he's a Tottenham boy. You know, for whatever the rumours and for whatever the links of him leaving or whatever, you've got to remember he loves Tottenham and he loves football and he loves the game and he practices that. That doesn't come from nowhere. That's not just natural ability. That's building on your natural ability. That's going beyond the point to make sure that you're, you're so confident when you step up there that it's a guaranteed goal. Look at what he'd done and how he took the penalty uh, on Thursday night. So he already knew that Ramsdale would, you know, he's, 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 been in training with him and shot, shot, you know, practiced these penalties against him. And it was almost a bit the same today with Pope, I think, because he's been in the squad as well, hasn't he? So, you know, it, the, the, the way he kind of switched it up, went to the other side against the Gooners, had the confidence to do that and bury it the way that he'd done it. And then today, inch perfect. I mean, it, I, I was, I never had a doubt, but I, I, I was like, <gasps> you know, <laughs> when yeah, he yeah. took it. Oh, I, I, I did hold my breath a bit, mate. But, you know, it was a perfect timing as well. We were so dominant in that first half that it, it felt like we really needed to get that goal to settle everybody, but to to be in the ascendancy and, and to kind of push on from there. And the, the timing of the goal right at the end of the first half, perfect timing. And who else and who better to step up than Harry Class A Kane, mate? He's the man. Yeah. He is the man. He's the man you want in the spot, isn't he, very much so? Uh, Spurs nearly 
2-0 up. It's a lovely move from Spurs. It started actually with Lucas, an excellent pass from Lucas actually into Hoybier. Then Son played it out to Kane. He found Session and then teed it up for Son. But Pope, to be fair, miraculous save from him. And I know people, there's actually a comment in here, um, which I will find many asking the question. I know we've been linked very highly to Sam Johnston um, of West Bromwich Albion. But Richard here saying, does the panel believe Nick Pope might be a cracking understudy to Hugo? Let's just go around the panel very quickly. Lee, um, based on what you saw today of Nick Pope, would he be one you'd like to consider as an option? No. Okay. Happy with, be happy with Sam Johnston? Definitely. Really? Yeah, like, I think Nick Pope's a good shot stopper. Um, mm. But his, his distribution in, uh, in in where we need it to be isn't isn't where I would expect it. So okay. you know, if you're gonna if you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna take away a World Cup winning goalkeeper who's been absolutely amazing for us, we, we need somebody who's gonna coming after him that can actually distribute the ball how um, Conte wants. Because if you have one criticism of Hugo, and it's very hard to find one, because it, I think yeah, it, volume, it yeah. would be distribution. So I'd expect mm. somebody to have a dis better distribution. Nick Pope's distribution for me is kick it long. And I might be doing a disservice because that's maybe a, mostly our Burnley play, but no offence, mm. Trev. But I, I, I would say that um, I would say that uh, Sam Johnson is a better fit for us. Yeah, what do you reckon, George? Nick Pope, what you've seen him in, would he be an option you'd like to see the club consider, or is it Sam Johnston on the um, dot? I can't lie, I've, I've liked Pope for a long time. I've rated him highly. I think he's been he's a very good goalkeeper that's in a pretty poor team, to be honest with you. I think he's he's I, I, I don't think he's been able to get that move away. And I think he was out injured for a while as well, so didn't really get his chance to go somewhere else. But to be honest with you, I, I think we can do better than both, regardless. So I think if if it's a case of we need a better second goalkeeper, then just go for the free option. And I think Sam Johnson would be the better. I, I, but I don't, me personally, I don't see Sam Johnson being the future Spurs goal, like number one anyway. So I think for me, it's just, he would be a good backup personally. Okay, Ricks, what are you reckon for you? Nick Pope, you sold him or would you like to see Sam Johnston get the role as the understudy to Hugo? Um, you know what, for, for, for me right now, it's about the business side of it. So Hugo's our number one. If we can get, a number two that can challenge and can deputise um, at, at, at times throughout the season. Okay, cool. You know, um, I think when it's time for an upgrade on, on Hugo, we got to look for an upgrade on Hugo. Um, Johnson would come on a free. I don't want to yeah. be spending no money for Pope. I, I don't know. How old is Pope? I think, it's, is he 31? Well, Pope's, I understand Pope's 30. 30. 30? Yeah, so. so okay, so there's you know Johnston twenty nine, Johnston twenty nine, Pope thirty. Okay, so yeah, so he, he, there's still a, you know he still hasn't hit his ceiling, Pope. So there could be potential for him to be a, a good backup, but I just think that like the comments said down there, it's like why spend money on a number two that you can be you, you're not kind of sold on a hundred percent and yeah. spend that money, put that money somewhere else, get somebody in on a free. Let them, you know, give them some time to bed in and prove themselves and, and, and then see from there. But there ain't no risk there from a business point of view. You know, if Johnson doesn't turn out to be the number one or, mm. he, he you know, we, he turns out to be, and this is no disrespect to Galini, but Galini was supposed to be the heir apparent and now he's nowhere, he, he's on the bench. Do you know what I mean? He hasn't been given yeah. any minutes ever, since and it looks like he's going to go back to Italy. So if that happens with Johnson in the sense of you get halfway through the season or at the end of the season, you're like, you know what, I don't, I don't know if he's the guy. Well, we've got him for free. We can sell him on. You know, we get a little bit of money back. 
and then we can put it towards a, a proper number one. So it just doesn't make sense spending big money on Nick Pope mm. right now, I would say, from a business point of view. Yeah, I debate. I mean, we'll see what obviously the club do eventually do in the summer. It doesn't feel like they're going to be keeping Galini on, which probably makes sense based on what we've seen of Galini. I know Lee wasn't doing many shows on Galini because uh, Lee luckily got the upgrade of the Premier League whilst uh, Rick's unfortunately you got quite a number of the uh, <laughs> League Cup nights in the Europa Conference League. What's going on here? We'll have to have a shift up next season. <laughs> George also, to be fair, George only got Premier League, so George got away with it as well, to be fair. Listen, hit, hit me with Champions League one next year, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> Listen, that. listen, me, win, lose or draw, bruv. Win, lose or draw, <laughs> you give me a call, I'll be there. No drama, no drama. And he has, and he has, to be fair, Rick has been there, and that's McQueen, and as George as well. Um, we've got to say, just on Pipe as well, man, another great save. Um, big chance for Spurs, Son in assessing Young, um, picked him out again, and to be fair, it was a save he should have really, quite frankly, not had a chance of making, so credit to Pope for that, and um, we saw that final 10-12 minutes, and Lee, and I know really will also be able to really comment on this, because he would have seen Conte, really implore the Spurs fans to really raise that roof for the final 10-12 minutes, and after the game, Conte said, for Tottenham fans, well, for Tottenham, the fans are vital. We have an amazing stadium. To create an atmosphere as amazing is so important. The stadium has to become a fortress for Tottenham, I think. It is amazing. It has the characteristics to become a fortress. Lee, do you think under context starting to get there now? It just feels the last few weeks under him, uh, bar Brighton, that that crowd now, he's really got it into the palm of his hands, hasn't he, really? Arsenal and now Burnley. I mean, Everyone there is really raising the roof quite literally. Again, shout out to Spurs song sheets and THFC flags that were a, a massive part of helping today be a real carnival and really big atmosphere at a 12 o'clock kickoff. We must add again. Completely. I mean, I, I said on a group, didn't I, before um, uh, before the show, I think that there's been, we've turned a corner in, in the atmosphere. I think that the North London derby on Thursday showed everybody, not not just in the stadium, but everybody, like, you know, the cameras around the world were on that. It showed everybody that we can make it hard. You know, Liverpool do it at Anfield and they do a wonderful job of it, you know, with the scarves and the flags and the songs and flares before the game when buses are coming up and whatever they do. And Newcastle are doing it and please... Our Newcastle friends, uh, please do it again for tomorrow night, please. Um, you know we've had a, we've had a good relationship, Tottenham and Newcastle over the years. So like, let's you know let's keep it that way. Um, no, I mean you know jokes aside, they're, they're doing it, and there's nothing wrong with like I, I feel some people feel, and there's no right or wrong answer to this. Okay, so I'm not having to go at anyone, but some people feel it's the team's job to get the fans up for it, right? But I, I, I think it's the opposite way around. Personally, I think it is, it's, it's up to us to help them. If we're fans, we're supporters of the team. We want to go there and get the best possible experience. And, and for me, this is just my personal opinion. You don't have to agree with me. Of course you don't. But for me, the best... I, I don't like the Y word songs. I never sing them. I don't like the swear word songs. I don't sing them. But singing and being loud doesn't mean to say you have to be aggressive or you have to swear or anything. Um, Spurs song sheets are doing some amazing songs, like really good, fun songs that you can get behind a song. I'm sure there's other ones out there, Billy T. Like people come up with some fantastic stuff, right? And I don't see the problem with enjoying yourselves, making it like a, um, a, a festival party atmosphere and getting behind the team when they need them. There was times in the game today... George, you, you, hopefully you'll back me up on this. There was times in the game today in that stadium where you could feel, oh, we need to, we need to, we need to raise, we need to raise the level. We need to sing something harder. We need to sing something louder. 
and and we did and we hadn't done that in the past i genuinely believe it sounds so stupid so you can at me if you want it's no problem but i genuinely believe we played a part today in getting that three points and and it, and the, the quicker we understand that and we understand where we fit in as part of that because it's all as one the quicker we understand that the the quicker we'll be back to winning more games more frequently at home you talk about it being a fortress it's not just about oh yeah let's make it a fortress it's about being in the fortress being involved being consumed by what we're doing and I clapped the South Stand today. I don't know if anyone would notice that, but I clapped this, like around me, like looking around and clapped because I was so happy that everybody collectively went on all the big songs. It was a thoroughly enjoyable yeah. experience to do it. It's thoroughly do you, enjoyable. Do you know what? I, I feel like... Just quickly, sorry, George, just quickly. Yeah, go it's on, a on. damn better than when you're sitting there on your backside moaning. That is a damn mm-hmm. sight better when you're, oh, he did this and he didn't do that and he did... That is that is not a lovely experience. I pay twelve hundred fifty quid a year to go and watch my football team in an environment that I want to be in and I want to like. And no yeah. one can deny that a party atmosphere is better than a moaning one because no one wants to be around negative people. They all want to be around positive ones. Agreed. Yeah. I'll, I was just going to say. George. I was just going to say. I feel like we're with in these last couple of games, it genuinely feels like we've made it feel more like a home in the new stadium than it has done before. I don't know if it's like a certain thing of, because we moved into it, there was this whole thing where, oh, you get your season ticket uh, taken away from you if you don't stand because they've got to follow, uh, if, sorry, if you stand up in the South End or whatever, because they've got to follow certain rules and whatever it may be. It, it felt, I was really worried that the new stadium was going to become like every other large stadium that people move into, that it just becomes a bit, quieter and no one's really singing and, and it feels like like you said all, all these accounts and people uh doing a really good job at trying to finally bring back like that old white hot lane atmosphere and that feel-good factor around the place and you can easily see that with in in, in the north london derby again like you said today on a day where most other seasons 12 o'clock on a sunday people would be dead silent drinking their coffees just trying to stay awake and it made a massive difference. So, um, um, it's again, it's another thing just to look forward to next year, where hopefully we can have that sort of homely atmosphere every single every single game. I must just say, guys, <laughs> reason why I'm laughing is I'm not come to it yet, but I'm uh, I'm under increasing pressure to give a Ben Davis karaoke version of uh, his song that's yes, out there. Yes, yes. So uh, I'm going to ask I'm going to ask a favour, right? Before we come to the player performances, uh, if you guys just go and check out the Ben Davis chart for the Spurs song sheets. Now, um, the problem is I do want to play Spurs song sheets. I do want to play the actual song. But obviously, again, due to copyright infringement, if I play that song, it will void the pod. So we're going to have to go and do it a cappella. So what I'm asking the guys is between now and then. Acapella. We need Costa. <laughs> but, and by the way, a quick shout out on this week as well. By the way, Lucy, myself, Steph, Anthony Costa, we were belting this out in the corner okay. today. Right, so you know, what, right, so you know what's coming. Okay, fine. fine so it. when it comes across to the Ben Davis uh, player performance, be ready. We're not there yet. Be ready. God, the crescendo and this is going to come up now, I tell you. My God, this is going to get clipped if we don't get top four. No pressure at all. Um, We'll come along <laughs> to that very, very shortly. God, under no pressure at all now. I've got and said that. But uh, in terms of substitutions towards the end of the game, uh, we saw Spurs, because we actually been waiting a t- ages to come on. He got finally replaced by Lucas Mora. And then Burley brought on Veghorst and Lennon, who got an outstanding ovation um, from the fans. And rightly so. Listen, Aaron Lennon, uh, again, still seen as a massive, massive 
Spurs legend. Um, he scored some very, very big goals. And like I say, the pressure is building for the Ben Davis a cappella. It's coming, don't worry. What we will do is um, we will go for our final break of the show for our listeners that are on audio. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey i must just say guys still we're an hour and 20 minutes into the show there's um still over a thousand 1100 1200 of you watching us live across all of our platforms guys thank you so much for all of your incredible support for last one on spurs i must say again it's these guys here on the screen that make it possible we have a wonderful guest on throughout the course of the season that have been with us all times of the evening Kudos to Ricky Nord, who's been on for the four Chelsea games. That I know he'll never let me forget it. So thank you so much. McQueen's been here all season. George has been here for Nuno. So between them all, um, they've all gone through the marathon. And uh, I can't wait for a little bit of a break. Don't worry. We're still coming hard in the summer. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie, guys. Nuno, I thought that finished me. Uh, but we are still here. We are still surviving. As Lee will be telling you and encouraging you, drop the likes, drop the subscription. Make sure you, as I keep following the McQueen conductor, instructor on this crazy train. Now, um, diving in before we do go into player performances, again, just a reminder, as Lee's been referencing throughout the show, that this show is sponsored by Beavertown Corner Pin. That's the Beavertown bang opposite the South Stand. Lee, I think, was down there this morning. He's been on a laser crush, but Lee doesn't need any alcohol, as you can tell. Lee's already, already miles away, right? I was there Thursday. The atmosphere in there was absolutely remarkable. They've been doing a great home and away feature. So make sure you check them out. Norwich to come. Listen, if Spurs are going into that Norwich game, right, and Spurs all they need to do is win to get a Champions League spot, can you imagine just how incredible that atmosphere would be in Beavertown if we're all there together? So um, yeah, they've been great company down there, great food, great people. They've had the gimme, gimme, gimme songs before. And Lee, like I say, I know Lee loves a club mix of them. So um, go and check them out. They've been fantastic. Came from your event to Sandy, plays on the wing. (laughs) Don't worry about it. He'll go a cappella. Don't worry about it. Um, Hugo Lloris. I must say earlier, Rick said as well, Hugo is actually booked for for time wasting. You can't make this up Burnley mind how much time wasting Burnley had throughout. But um just make just... that up. Just quickly oh, on that. Liverpool yeah, yeah. was in disbelief. Like he literally yeah, yeah. held the ball for about 10 seconds. He got booked. I was like, poked in it for about 20 minutes. Honestly, I tell you. It, it's mad. It is absolutely insane. Um, and I must say, Hugo, credit to him because you know, I know lots of make make about things that he was ill or whatever, but you know, uh context after the game, Hugo had a fever. But there was no chance of Lloris missing this game. It was so important. He said they showed himself to be very professional, understanding the importance of the moment. Hugo is our captain. Never wanted to miss the game. Ricks, for you, Hugo Lloris, has enough been made of just how good he's been this season? I know there's been moments where, again, he's had his faults. But overall, he has led us like a captain, hasn't he? No, he has. He has. And and, and it was epitomised in the Liverpool game and in the Guna game. You know, um, you've seen him be commanding. He's come out to catch crosses he's 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 been the world cup winner that he is old hugo Lloris. um and i just love it i love the fact that he got a new contract i love the fact that he loves us i love how dedicated he's been to us i love the fact that it, when he was at and when we was at our height previously and he had offers to go that he stayed with us and he was loyal and he loves being captain of tottenham so if we can achieve something with with Lloris having the armband on 
that's a beautiful time. I mean, for all them boys there. But if we can win something with that, with Hugo and that armband on, that would be beautiful. Do you know what I mean? For the dedication, yeah. the time, the yeah. effort. Anyone deserves the trophy, Ricks. If anyone deserves oh, the trophy, mate. right? You know, and yes, he, he can be criticised for this, that and the other. But look, the amount of times that he mm. saved us in games, we've all got a special Hugo memory, you know? Yeah, um, I just want to say one quick thing. The, the boys are talking about the atmosphere and stuff like that. Mm. And, and the support that's going on right now. I remember, I think it was back when we played Palace um, away. And I, I remember, I, I, I can't remember whether I was on here or I was on Chris's, but we were talking about the crowd at that point. And because there was so much disheart, disharmony and there was so much kind of, we, us as Tottenham fans, we felt there were so many false dawns happening and we didn't know whether we could trust the boys to turn up on a Saturday or not. Um, like I was kind of asking and putting it out there and, and I think everybody felt it. I think every fan felt it that instead of kind of in the crowd being disappointed or expecting the worst to happen, when there's a dip or when we go a goal down or when there's something that does go again against us, it's about roaring. It's about picking them back up. Lee said it there, the word support, we are supporters. So we need to support them when they're down as well as when they're up. Do you know what I mean? So I love the fact that as a club and as a fan base, the manager and the players, like we've all been saying, but it's, and it's been highlighted, but the unity and the feeling and the energy that is around us right now. And, and it's with the fans as well. The fans have turned up to be that 12th man. And we've, we've you know, Neville said it the other day that he's never heard a stadium louder or, you know, um, this, this year than, than against the, the Gooners the other night. So, we got it in us. Just keep cheering them on. Don't worry about little slip-ups or anything like that. Just pick them back up and keep doing what every single fan has been doing in that stadium. You're like, just keep doing it. I'll tell you one thing, one quick little thing, though. <laughs> I do miss the drum from White Hart Lane. I know, do you remember Frank, that I, used to be the drummer? I've got to correct Frankie you. Major. Frankie, Frankie, Frankie Major. Major I've got to say, Frankie Major is trying to bring the drummer back. I know Frankie was trying to get him back for Arsenal, but... um. I mean, this is a bit of an exclusive. Frankie should be on here to tell it himself, but I think he's trying hard, isn't he, Lee, for next season, right? Frankie's been, in, Frankie's been in touch with the drummer. All we're saying well, well, is, why was he taking the drum get wicked. Hit the, hit the drum and get wicked. It's said for safety reasons, right? Yeah, I think like it was, yeah, like, I mean, was it safety? Oh, is it? I, apparently, I think, well, I don't, I don't know what sort of safety it would be. I mean, but. This is the thing, is it? I mean, Peter here says, no drums, please. Again, it's going to, you know, whatever you're going to do, I mean, it's not going to please everyone. I suppose the bloke next to him might yeah. not, or, or woman next to him might not be pleased, or the child next to him might not be pleased. But um, the, the, it definitely, you know, having a drummer in there definitely does, you know, bring an element again of increasing the atmosphere and I'm sure as we've mentioned throughout the show THFC flag Spurs Sean Street we're working on that right I'm sure they will yeah. be throughout the summer league it's a difficult one because yeah. you're right it's not going to please everybody like having a drummer there but it's it, I can't take my I've got three daughters one of them ain't interested in football the other two want to come one of them's 10 and one of them's 8 I can't take them to a football match and sit them in where I sit when everyone's singing, um, we can't wait till Sol Campbell, you know, passes on yeah. to the next life and then calls him a C word. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, that's okay, but like whacking the drum beats out or having a carnival atmosphere, it's it's very, very tough as well. It's a complex subject on that on them side yeah. of things. But Great. you know, I, I think but having it as a party atmosphere, not necessarily banging mm. somebody's drum. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if there's a is a, a superlative there or not, I don't know, but you know, I, I think it is it is more enjoyable. Yeah. The, um, you know, it doesn't have to be aggressive. It just needs to be, you know, again, people say about intimidating and aggressive and, you know, they look at the yeah. ultras. 
I don't want our club to be the ultras. I just want I like to Jamie, was fun. Lee playing the trumpet in the south stand? <laughs> <laughs> no, but... He would have been a saxophone you know down there. Don't worry about that. would have been a saxophone down there. Do you know what, Jamie? Jules, there was a trumpet situation going on there today, weren't there? Like someone with a, like a horn blower. Do you know what I mean? Like, there was all sorts going on. People were getting the messages to coming through and just having a bit more, you know, being a bit more liberal, I suppose, with with what we're doing rather than just rocking up in not in your colours and just sitting there and sitting on your hands almost. You know, that atmosphere in the South Stand on in the North London Derby was, was generally created by obviously everyone and whatever, but we stood yeah. up the whole game. Not one steward turned around to us and said, sit down, not one. And I'm on row 48, so I'm not even like low down. This is like, yeah, you know, you're high it, up. The whole, yeah. the, the, and it was everyone knew because it was the Arsenal game. Today, different because people would sit down against Burnley. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I, I, can't, yeah. I don't know why, why. Why not? You know, whatever. But um, yeah, very interesting. That's a good one, Nicky. I like that one. Yeah, that Nicky on the screen. I'll I'll I got that. the violin out on Thursday. Very true. George, yeah, just come over to you and talk about a player that maybe many would have given man the match to, and that was Ryan Sessegnon. He had more touches inside the opposition box than any other player against Burnley, 11 of those. And, you know, today, really, from the off, you know what I like about Sessegnon in the last few games? He really has made a real impact to get himself up the pitch now. There's no hesitancy yes. in terms of getting across the halfway line. If you're seeing him now, there is a real desire and belief to get as far up the pitch as possible. He actually made a really important clearing header in front of his own goal in the early stages of the first half and also teed up some for a massive chance as well to actually put Spurs two up and another in the final 10 minutes. You know, on another day, George, you could have had a couple of assists. So how impressed have you been with Sessegnon over the course of the last few weeks and how his confidence now suddenly is growing? Yeah, I think he's definitely grown as a player. And I think as well that uh, there seems to be a definite move in the training ground or something because that's happened three times in the last few games with um, uh, the whole Kane to Sessegnon and back across the sun. Obviously, we scored from one of them, but again, nearly had it today. Nearly had it again against Arsenal, I think. I'm pretty sure there was one where the sun hit it over or something like that, but it was almost the exact same move. Um, so clearly, they seem to be working well together. And I, I used to love Sessegnon um, when he was at Fulham that season we signed him just because... Yes, it may be in the championship, but it was just the way he conducted himself. He was just so almost like carefree. He would constantly take players on in that left wing back position and um, get in behind defenders, get the ball across, score, assist. I think the issue he had at coming to Spurs was just, it, it, it was almost like a, a small fish in a big pond in a way. I, I don't know if he maybe couldn't live up to the fact that there was a lot of pressure on it. He also got a couple of bad injuries, was sort of setting back a little bit. So um, probably is definitely a, a, a confidence player. So I think Lee mentioned earlier about him having needing a run of games. I think that works, right? You give him a run of games, he'll build his confidence up. And we've noticed it the last few games. He's now getting in behind defenders more. And there were still a few times today where I feel like he could have maybe taken them on a bit more or put in a slightly better cross. But again, he's 21 years old or whatever. It's going to get coached into him, especially someone like Conte. So I think he's a, he's an exciting prospect that I think we should definitely, definitely keep Um Bearing in mind, it wasn't too long ago that we were probably thinking that we should sell him and, and bring someone else in. So, yeah, I think he's going well. Just fingers crossed he stays injury-free and, um, yeah. yeah, keeps getting the game time and, and a good full-on pre-season to, to really gel with the team fully. Agreed. Just a warning, guys. We are approaching a cappella time. Get those lyrics ready in the next couple of seconds. <laughs> before we do, before we do, uh, Lee, coming over to you on Brian <clears throat> How impressed have you been with him as he get that voice ready? We're going in a couple of seconds. Hello, mate. Um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one with Cesc because I've always been one that kind of, like same as you, Ricky, and, and all of us, I think, are agreeing, actually, uh, with, with Cesc. I think he's got big potential. But as George, you just touched upon, like, 
there's always moments in a game, and there was again a few today, where you think, just drop a shoulder and go. And and, and, and he doesn't do it. And and, great, and great. then it, what it do is it, it have it a half burst of pace, stop, turn around the butchers, and then take it backwards. And you think that whole move, that whole move of fastness going up the pitch has now been stopped because you've now stopped that play. Now, everyone else that's running to go beyond their man now has to stop, otherwise they're offside. And, that, that, and that's quite frustrating to watch as a spectator, but also from his teammates, it must be bloody annoying. Um, I think, again, touching on what George, you just said, I agree with you. I think it is an injury thing. I think uh, I think that he's worried. Because when you have problems with your hamstrings, we saw this with Michael Owen. When Michael Owen literally burst onto the scene, he literally yeah. burst in pace. It, it was ridiculous. It was searing, wasn't it? Searing pace that he had. Um, you know, it's like a war chest, isn't it? Like, you get that in the summer. These, oh, it's a war chest. When you're really fast, it's a searing pace. <laughs> so that's what's happening. So, you know, he, with his searing pace, and then he got his hamstring injuries and he and he, and he he didn't trust, it was almost like he didn't trust his body. And I just wonder if that's the same with Sessignon. I think what's frustrating with Sess is that before his current injury, I think it was in the winter, like, was it January time, George or Ricky? I don't know, if I can remember. When he had his other injury, he was out again. It was yeah. before the international break, wasn't it? Just yep. So it was March time, whatever. That's right, he yeah. was on a good run of games and he started, he, he, he made the assist and da, 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 and you're thinking, oh, here we go. And then he got injured again. Now he's on that same run again where he's kind of, oh, here we go. Like he's getting better again. And is he going to break down again? I hope he doesn't. Because what he needs, he needs is it, more than anything, he needs a whole season with no injuries. That, that's what the, that's what the fella needs. And then I think that he will start to, there's no doubt Conte trusts him. There's no doubt about that. Mm, um, yeah. There's also no doubt though, that uh, that we're going to be doing some sort of foolish thing in a minute with uh, with an acapella song. No, no. There's, there's also no doubt that we do need to upgrade our wing backs. That that is don't we know that? Yeah, yeah, agree. Definitely need to do that yeah. in the summer. Quick, quick view, Rick, on uh, Sessignon for you. How impressive have you been with his upturn recently? Yeah, I think it's been really important for him to get 90 minutes under his belt consistently for a little while. Um, I think he's grown game on game. Um, it's nice to see him being encouraged. Uh, what I think has been the change, though, uh, is because him and Emerson Royale right now, they're the only available wingbacks that we've got. We've got one right and one left. And when you've got somebody else, when you're competing against somebody else in your same position, you, you can have that co competition with each other. But it's almost if you mess up and you get taken out of the mate. team, then you can, you can like ch sit back for a minute, you know, and regular can come in and you can go, all right, and cool. But right now, Conte not only trusts them, but he's given them responsibility. At the business end of the season, look, we need you. And not only do we need you, we need you at our most pivotal time. If you're going to show up, this is the time to show up. And I love that both of them, especially during this period of time, both of them have taken that. You know, both mm. of them have, have grabbed it by the scruff of the neck. How many times have we watched... Uh, a second side, uh, a, a B team go out and we go, well, they didn't take their chance. They didn't take the opportunity. Why didn't they do that? Why couldn't they show up? And these boys, not only have they taken the, the opportunity, but they've taken the responsibility on their shoulders and we're seeing the best out of them right now. So just to echo you and the rest of the boys there, long may it continue for the both of them, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. Now, um, it is that time. Now, uh, I know Ben, I know Ben watches. I know he does watch. <laughs> I know he's been what? watching this season, no, and uh, Spurs song sheets have said if I don't if I don't sing this out, then Ben won't be happy. So uh, for all the six out of tens I've given you this season, Ben, 
it is to you. Now we do the copyright infringement. We can't play the echo over the top. But uh, Ben, you to me are everything. Our Welshman wearing thirty three. Ben Davis. <laughs> ben Davis. You came to Tottenham from Swansea. You're born to play in our back free Ben Davis. People will be coming at me and saying, Are you going to keep giving him six out of ten? Jason keeps saying, Turn the six up down to a nine. Um, listen, apart from Rick's one. Up, I- I've One, never seen go you go that red. I'm just to let you know <laughs> that right now, I've never seen Blushing. more rouge. Let Bro, I tell you, I tell you honestly, this olive tan is going. This olive tan is going. I've looked, I've been on a sunbed for four weeks. I tell you. My God, I tell you. But you know what? Apart from one, what would you give him for the so- season, Rick? What would you give him for the season, buddy? Like, I, I mean, board, listen, I'm yeah, ten. What yeah, you yeah. Listen, you can't. If I'm being honest with you, what he's got to be up there, seven or eight, at least seven or eight. All his comments here. He's right, Mark. Don't worry, I'm not going to get the date of that soon. That's definitely ruined my chances now. Someone can't be seeing me next year. I promise you, hundred percent. But I mean, <laughs> apart from one, apart from one sideward pass today, he was exceptional. He was exceptional. And I got to say, he has been. Really, really good all season long. And as I've said, um, I can't see a way in which he won't be part of the squad next season. Mm. I think it will be an area, Jill, come over to you. I think we'll look to upgrade on left-sided centre-back. But I can't imagine, based on this season alone, where there isn't some place in the squad for Ben Davis. Do you agree, George, based on his performances? Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's also it seems to be no sort of secret that Conte wants to bring in another left center left sided centre back. Um, but I mean, Ben Davies is so versatile in this sort of formation that we're playing. Like, look, he's made that left centre back role his own this season. I think he'd be a great squad player to have. If we have to switch to a back four, maybe a bit more defensive back four, where you could play left back. Um, it's like cup like when we've subbed off Cess, uh, he's covered a lot of times there. Um, playing in a back five if we have to defend the game at the end. Um, just a really, really solid performance. And like, I think normally, any normal season, I'd always tend to say that Davies is one of those players that will always give you like a, a the six or seven out of ten, like a really solid game, but just it never seemed to really feel like it was top, top class. And I think he's changed that this year massively. I think he's been solid throughout the whole season and will easily give him at least, at least eight out of ten, nine out of ten. He has been honestly brilliant. Lee, Ben Davies... How how good has he been, Lee? We laugh and joke on his show, but honestly, really, how good has he been? Well, I know I know Ben watches the show and he's right now saying that's a four out of ten, Rick, for your performance on that. It's probably been digging that all season, to be honest with you, this performance nah, from look, me. Like, br- brilliant, brilliant laugh tonight, lads. Uh, for, for me, Ben Davis, I think he's he's been solid. You know, pe- people will say, oh, we need to upgrade him. Like, f- from where? Like, since he's moved into left centre-back, I don't think he's done anything wrong at all, like literally nothing. And I remember doing some study on Danny Rose versus Ben Davis as a left back under Poch. And I think they've played at 180, 117, it might have been a bit less, 118, 117 games each. And during that period, Ben Davis had a better scoring assist uh, or an assist of an assist record than what, than what Danny Rose had. You know, when he came in for that long pitch, remember when Danny Rose was injured? And it was quite incredible because I actually think the Ben Davis situation is a perception, not a fact. I think you look at Ben and you go, oh, you know, gentle Ben, you know, da 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 But he is, I mean, how he played against Liverpool the other day was absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, some of them blocks was ridiculous. You know, he is always in a position. He goes up, go and have a look, watch the game back today. How many times was he bolting down the left-hand yeah, side? 
He was doing yeah. an overlap on Cessignon. This guy yeah. is a left centre-back. He, he shouldn't be nowhere near that aspect. The balance that we've got in yeah. our back yeah. three since he's okay. come in has been absolutely superb. So yeah. I, I just think that I'm not I'm not saying that if if there's an opportunity, and there has to be an opportunity, if there's an opportunity to go and sign, I don't know, I'll give you a name that you'll love or you'll want, Bastoni or whatever. Oh, yeah, because he's amazing, right? Whatever. Would he upgrade and be an upgrade on Ben Davis? Yeah, he would. He would, of course, he would. But but actually, could we could we start as we have been? I've read out all them stats earlier. Fifty two points, you know, uh, fifty five points, fifty two, uh, fifty five goal score, fifty two points. Ben Davis has been in that side the whole time. The whole time, he hasn't dropped out of that side once. And he's we are third in in if when Conte uh, when Conte joined. If he if the points started from then, we are third in the league. So mm. unless there's a unless there's a real opportunity to start up Estonia or whatever, why would we need to upgrade a left centre back when actually we need other areas in the field on the pitch to be upgraded first? So I'll give, yeah, give Ben Davis an eight out of ten for this season because I think he's mm. been superb. I think yeah. it's also just quickly just more of a competition thing as well. I think the only problem is if, yeah, maybe, if, maybe. if Ben yeah. Davis was to get a, an injury or something, we would be yeah. a, a little bit screwed because we don't have that natural left-footed, mm. left-sided centre-back to play. So I think it's it's still yeah, important to get it. someone in. But yeah, he's been yeah. absolutely solid. Yeah, I must just say, bearing in mind the preparation that took for the Ben Davis uh, a cappella, it's obviously we've got to speed through the rest of the player ratings because there was yeah, some please, wonderful... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got in terms of some of the players. So, uh, quickly, Rick, some of you, Davidson Sanchez, uh, listen, back-to-back starts for the Colombian, who, you know, once again, I thought really did prove to be a, a, another decent performance. And you've got to remember saying Sanchez's last run of the team, I think, came into back-to-back defeats. It was in a real low period for Spurs. So, to come in and have the impact that he's made, um, it was even actually high. It was actually involved quite high up the pitch as well when it led to the penalty incident. So, I mean, how impressive have you been with him, Rick? Because we're going to need him now for the last remaining game of the season, of course, up against Norwich. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, what? on Sanchez, it's, it's been a tough time for him. You know, Romero's come in and we can't, none of us can deny how much of an upgrade Romero is on the side and on how we play. But Sanchez, my gosh, he's, he's, he's done it. You know, he, he's been there for us. And, and I thought there was a few shaky moments today where that may be the early yeah. kickoff, you know, that affected the concentration. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think Conte said it as well. It's, it's just like that concentration for the whole 95 minutes that he's playing. Sometimes yeah. it would slip off. But you know what? Since under Conte, he's, he's been pretty reliable. There's been, there yeah. was, yes, when he played on the opposite side, when he played left centre-back, he, he, he looked a bit like Bambi on ice and he, there was more mistakes being made there. Centre-back when Dyer was out, it, was a, it wasn't his best position, but mm-hmm. he, he was better there. And then right centre-back has been his favoured position. And mm-hmm. you know what Conte's done? He's just simplified the game for him, kept it simple and yeah. allowed him to grow into the game bit by bit. You know, keep it simple at the beginning and then push forward a bit more, then make a pass, mm-hmm. then do the, do, do the extra bits. But... Look at Conte today. Conte was on his back today. He was screaming at him from the sidelines because he came out of position at one point. So then, you know, I, I think we was one nil up at that point. I think it was around 60 minutes or something like that. But he was screaming at him, like, yeah. keep your position, keep your position, get back there. Da, 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 da. So it, it's not 100% trust. You know, Conte's still on his back. But you, you, uh, you, we can't ask any more from, from Sanchez. He, he's no. been doing the business. Two clean sheets against two tough opponents. 
Um, let's go for a third clean, clean sheet against Norwich. Let's have it. Oh, Come man. on, Sanchez. Yeah, Come agree. On. I know there's one moment, so of course, he did allow Corner to get past him. And yeah, we've got to mention that. that but apart it. from that, really, I mean, yeah, listen, he's been great the last couple of games. Uh, concert time. Let's fly back around to Georgia. Dyer, Julius and Georgia, again, a really another important, Split. imperious display from Dyer. Now, again, I keep on saying it. McQueen said to me at the start of the season, you know, he's going to be a player. And I said, no, Lee, he's got to go. And who's got egg in their face? Probably as usual for me. To be honest with you, um, he's actually come out and said that he wants Conte, of course, to stay at Tottenham to that relationship he's built with the players. He said the relationship between this group and the manager is something special, and I really want to continue to build on that. George, very quickly on Eric Dyer, how impressed have you been by his consistency in a Spurs shirt this season? Yeah, really, honestly, really, really pleased with him. And I think, again, like you, egg on the face, another player thought, Oh, is he, is he going to be it? But then look. Conte's Conte's turned him in like this Conte, a proper leader. He's, I think, this the system really suits him well because it, normally in the back four, if he's obviously playing one of the centre back, he's getting drawn out a lot, having to chase defenders. Whereas in the three, being central in the three, he can sort of sit there, command command the defence, really look at what's going on in front of him, um, and easily definitely should be in England's in the England setup. If you're comparing all the English centre backs that have played this season, I think he's genuinely been the best one. Maguire's been nowhere near with it. John Stones has been in and out of injuries and in and out of the Man City team. I think he's been quality, so he definitely deserves to be back in the setup there. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just another player I think should just stick with the squad next year and we should definitely have in that team. I think he's fantastic. Okay, uh, Faz on the screen says, who would be your top four signing positions? Faz, I'd love to give this more time. I'll, I'll very quickly do this. For me, I would say uh, we've got to get an alternative striker to Harry Kane. Uh, I think, obviously, wing-backs, there's two there that we need to upgrade upon. And I still think we need a creator in that midfield. Those are my four. Um, I can see a lot of nods around, around the screen. If we, more, if we had more time here, Faz, I promise you we'd debate it in a bit more detail. But I'm conscious of the time that we're nearly two hours into a show. I said a Ben Davis acapella in it. So we must we must try and you know, <laughs> go as fast as Adama Troyer and move things on. Joe Roden. Uh, just a shout-out for Joe Roden today. And I think Ali picked up as well. Ali, girlfriend of the show. May have got to notice he made a massive, big, late header for Spurs uh, to clear vital, vital lines in the last few moments. Because Burnley actually were in in the last few moments. It earned him... A massive hug from Antonio Conte, who grappled him at full time. And again, Joe Roden, another player, hasn't had much game time this season. And we had a question in here uh, from Junior Yamafra, who says, is it time that Roden gets that start over Sanchez? Um, if, obviously, as we know, Romero's not available. I think, Junior, to answer your question, I think we've seen the order now. I think he seems to fancy Sanchez over Roden. I don't think today's cameo from from Joe will change that. So I'd be very surprised if we don't see, as, as we've said, um, Sanchez starting next week up at Norwich. Emerson Royale, leaders come around to you. I know you were at the start of the season, gave a very, very big impromptu speech about, listen, he's 21, give him time. Well, listen, again today, started really, really well. Um, had a shot tipped over by Pope at one point, it looked like it was going for the back of the net. That was really a Brazilian strike, wasn't it really? And um, yeah, I mean, Defended well again on the day. Listen, I think, as we've seen, defensively, he's really good. Going forward, there's a question mark, but definitely improved in the last few weeks. Emerson Royale. Uh, there's no doubt. And he, he should have scored. He should have got a goal, shouldn't he, against uh, Arsenal. That it, it probably made him start to be a proper legend. Uh, he's, he's becoming a bit of a cult hero with his with with his compilations that are dropping. Um, and look, again, bring smiles to your faces. Right? People need to be happy. People need to be smiling. The comp's coming. I mean, there was every time we did something good today. I'm saying to my, my boys around, I mean, crackers are sitting in front of me this morning uh, today as well. I'm going. That's going to be in the comp. That's been you know we were like, that's it. That's going in the comp. And just get you liking the guy. You know, you can find find his personality a little bit more, and you know all these sorts of things. It's, it's, it is important. Now, when you see 
when you see kind of behaviour um, of the likes of Chingo and Dembele or the Celso, their behaviours that they don't fit the culture, the environment, the, the club doesn't fit them, that you can spend 65 million on these types of players, 45 million, it doesn't work. They don't, they don't fit it. Whereas actually you're looking at somebody like Emerson Royale and he's got a bit about him, he's a bit of a joke, you know, he, he's not, do I want an upgrade or do I want to get a new right wing back in the summer? Yes, right? Absolutely, to, to go back to what Faz asked. But but Emerson Royale, you can't deny it, he's a better no. defender than he's going forward. He was bought as a fullback, not as a wing back. He's learning, and that was my point after what his 11 games in. I think he's recovering from COVID. He was 22. He's had his dogs stolen. You know, he's, he don't speak the language, and people are just literally battering him. Like, come on, like, get, get, get over it. And now people are looking at him, and not everyone, people will still come on and batter him. But now, it's just plan. a comment there that I was going to share. Here's a web. There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> nice one, right? Nice one. Always crap. Can't cross there you go. As yeah, as as look, you as you say, Lee. Yeah, exactly. So look, you can't you can't win everybody. I think the point that, that that we're making is that we're not saying that Emerson Royale is going to be our first choice right wing back next season. No. And it is, but but right now he's the only one we've got, as George and Ricky mentioned earlier. So you know, and he's doing well. He's doing all right. Can, could he have a better final ball? Yeah. But let's be honest. Aaron Lennon got an amazing ovation earlier for 364 appearances, whatever, and he could have had a better final ball. Carl right. Walker, let's be honest about it, he could have had a better final ball. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that if social media was around back in Jimmy Greaves' days, he could have had a... Maybe he couldn't have had a better final ball. <laughs> but do you see the point I'm making? Like it, right? like it, so some like people it, yeah. sometimes just got to, got to chill out and go like, you know what? Fair play to the lad. He's gone yeah. through quite a lot and he's, and he's getting through it. Yeah, no, I agree. Contra time. Uh, we're going to combine them together. Uh, Rick's coming over to you. Benton Cure today, working ever so hard, tidy on the ball, really at all times. And, you know, again, what I loved about him today was actually instructing where he wants the ball yeah. to his feet. I'm pointing yeah. around. And then, again, as we saw, um, Hoybier, you know, I've got to say, Hoybier, over the last few weeks for me, he's working so hard. You know, he's a real grafter. I know Crackers calls him the dustman. I tell you what, I mean, he has worked his absolute. Nuts off, isn't he? He really has yep. OBN. I know many people say that, you know, he has had some iffy passes at times again today. But, you know, there's one thing that can't be questioned about Hoybier, and that's his effort. And those two together, that's a really good partnership. We know we still probably need a creator. I know many would like Ericsson to come back. Um, again, we've got Skippy to come back as well. We've got Pape Matasar that's coming through the door. So suddenly, look at that central midfield area. You know, we've got some options in there, Ricks, for next season before we even look to bring a creator into the squad. Yeah, and and you know what, with, with Hoiberg, he's he's ever reliable and always the, the the warrior within the side. Even even for his national side as well, you see him always stand up. And he's ever since we've signed him, you got to remember that he really did transform our midfield. There was many a time that a lot of us were speaking before Hoiberg got got there. We were speaking about the massive hole in midfield, or how so many people they can run straight through our midfield. And then he we bought him and we slogged him. Because he was doing two and three men jobs when we first got him. So he's he's had an up and down. He's had the Euros as well. There's been a lot happening this year. But he's been ever present, ever reliable, always putting himself out there. Even in the losses when he comes out and he speaks in the press conferences. The way he speaks, how he speaks, you can see that it means something to him. And you can see that having a, a manager like Conte, who football and the day-to-day and the little things mean everything to him too. You can see him responding. And now that he's got a partner in crime standing beside him in Bentonker that he can trust to cover him when he goes forward or to overlap 
so that when he goes back, Ben Takeo goes forward. He can trust him. He knows he can pass to him at any point. And he knows that Ben Takeo is going to be able to turn and um, play it forward or make something happen. And the both of them being able to, to, to break up play as well, is that being able to trust each other is really, really key. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And, and, and you've seen them build their partnership. Football's mm. all about partnerships. And they've Great. built a partnership in, in that midfield. And again, responsibility has been put on them because Skippy's out, because we did uh, get rid of Delhi and La Celso and, and, and Dombele. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, it's, there's been pressure on him as well, on the both of them. But I just love the way that they've stepped up, bonded and started to trust each other and, and get them get their game going. For us, we've looked a different side with them two there. Yeah, no, I, I completely do agree. Uh, right, concert time. I know, guys, we all want to talk about that midfield. George, just come back round to you. Um, we saw the players back on the pitch for the lap of honour. And um, as I said, <laughs> a few things been a long season. But I tell you what, I can tell you, for last one on Spurs, this has felt like two or three seasons combined in a one. <laughs> we did start without a manager. We then appointed Nuno. We then parted with Nuno on a show that we thought we weren't going to have a manager and we got Conte coming in. Then at the Burnley post-match show, I thought we didn't have a manager. We carried on. We saw Conte stay. We then now find ourselves in the midst of Spurs potentially qualifying for the Champions League. And the players were showing all that on the screen. And uh, Conte looked like he'd been through the ringer, to be honest, when he watched that. I think he was knackered by the end of watching that two and a half minutes. Tried, tried doing it 12 Eight months, eight, nine, 12 months. It feels like it's been that way. But George, um, yeah, we saw obviously the big screen showing it. Uh, I think we saw Nuno Hill fishing on there and Dombele. My God, did it feel like a long time yeah. Jason criticising Dombele on this show? Well, um, we saw goal of the season go to Steven Bergwijn for that late Leicester City goal. But Hummin Son picking up the player of the year for a record third time. He said, look how happy I am. It's incredible to be here. He said, I worked hard to be here and I'm part of Tottenham. And it's a pleasure to play for these amazing fans. Lovely words from Milan yeah. Son, George. Such a class. Legend. Well, one, one, easily one of my favourite Spurs players to play <laughs> since I've been watching Spurs. The guy is an absolute goal machine. I think since 2016, he's been the most clinical player in the whole of Europe. The guy is unbelievable. He's overperforming every single stat that's been put to him, which just goes to show that he is just a world-class finisher. I don't think there's any luck with him. We, he scores every single type of goal. Left foot, right foot. Um, his pace is incredible. And I, I think he, I, it might, I genuinely, I'm trying to, you know, not be as biased or whatever, but I genuinely believe he should be the Premier League player of the season because, yes, Salah had an unbelievable first half, but since AFCON, was it two goals, one of them being a penalty, he's been far from it. Um, KDB, again, has been great recently, but had a very, very iffy start to the season, being in and out of injuries um, and not getting as many goals. Whereas I think Son, Yes, sometimes I think the only real criticism people can have of him is maybe he's, he comes in patches. Some games he's there, some games he isn't. But realistically, he's been a goal scorer across the whole season in so many important games, being the one that scored the goals under Nuno while while Kane wasn't playing. Um, and even then, again, assisting Son and now actually being the top goal scorer for Spurs this season when we always thought that, oh, no, it's always Kane. Kane's going to get it again, no matter yeah. what, Kane will be there. And he's literally within touching distance of getting the golden boot. So hopefully he gets a couple against uh, <laughs> gets a couple against Norwich and, and Salah doesn't play. Um, so yeah, I, it happened, for me, genuinely believe he should be the should be the, the player of the season for the Premier League in general, and mm. is just absolutely world class. World yep. class. Conjure Tom Lee, Hummin Son. I know. Listen, you've uh, never once on this. I must say, in the, in the entire season we've done last one, I suppose, on YouTube, and again. For new listeners, new subscribers that are finding us, I've not only once to actually question 
putting mints on, even in the down periods of season league. No, that's, that's three times, Rick, you're giving me some credit here. There's Ben Davis, uh, Eric Dyer, and now from Minson. I mean, I, I must be doing something right. That's why you keep having me back as your co-host. <laughs> what I would say, I, won't, I don't need to Steady on. We've got nothing to get through yet, mate. Because I know you're going to wrap up. It's fog on a tie, oh mine, oh mine. Fog on a tie, oh mine. Come on. Fog on a tie, oh mine, oh mine. <laughs> Let's go, Tone. Let's go. But yeah, Sun, Son, perfect, mate. Love him. He's absolutely superb. Uh, Ricks, Hummin Son, again, I know you've never, I don't think you've criticised him much at all here, Ricks. You know, no, be fair, you've been on for no. some real tough defeats. How impressive are you? How proud of you are to see him get this award three times in a row? It's a big feat, actually, for Spurs to get it three times against Kane, Romero, Lloris, Dyer. No, you know I mean? it's, it's, it, it's massive. He always turns up for us. He always turns up for us. Whenever we need somebody to turn up, Sonny's always the one. So, even in these dips, I I can afford him a dip because he does turn up nine times out nine times out of ten. If 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 there's somebody I'm going to put my money on or my house on, I'm going to put it on Son because yeah. he's the one that he's going to deliver. And for him to get the Golden Boot and potentially um, player player of the season as well, I mean, how great would that be? How what, yeah, great. How, you, Wouldn't that be you know, amazing? Like yeah, for all his effort for. And the love that he puts into the game and the smiles yeah. and for, for, for being the man that signed a new contract when we were Titanic FC, you know, on the down and he signed a new contract and he was like, nah, I'm here. I'm here to stay. And he stepped up many, many a time for him to get it and to, not to step out of Kane's shadow because they are a partnership, but for yeah. him to be recognised and given the credit a bit more. If he could get that and wrap it up with a hat-trick against Norwich. Oh, my God. Yes. Sonny. Yeah, Sonny. Oh my gosh, it would be so yeah. well deserved. So well mm. deserved. Agree, totally agree. Um, very quickly, Lucas Mora today. Listen, I think uh, he worked hard. I, I think, again, with Lucas, to be fair, I think he's a player that probably knows long term future might be up at Spurs. But uh, listen, you gave everything for the shirt. You've got to say that. Um, I think, again, Kulu, it seems very clear that really, I think it's it's his place in the team, isn't it, really? And again, if it wasn't for the, maybe the illness, he probably would have started. Harry Kane, he had chances to score far more than he did, really. Um, he probably said against Arsenal, but yeah, didn't really have that massive dramatic impact on the game, which I think what's made it so impressive today, the fact that we ground that win out and not everyone was playing at their absolute best. That's a credit to the team. And um, Hummin Son, like I say, he got himself into really good positions overall. Just couldn't find a way through, which really summed up today's game as a whole, because if we're being honest about it, you know, these are games where you don't have to play to your maximum, but you find a way to win exactly what Tottenham did. And that's what brings us on very nicely, guys, to, of course, just very quickly, Monday night, we are all Jordies. We are all Jordies. Mm-hmm. We are all Jordies. Uh, Conte said on the game, he said, I want to watch the game. I want to suffer. He's picked the right club. Let's hope we're not suffering too much <laughs> tomorrow night. Um, but I said, on behalf of us all, I can say very good luck to the players, staff and fans of Newcastle United. Kieran Trippier actually said, um, it's a massive occasion. The last home game of the season. The fans have been unbelievable since he's arrived. Arsenal are fighting to try and get the top four. But I want to help Tottenham, obviously, and then Burnley staying up. So Kieran Trippier has got an incentive. Um, listen, to our wonderful audience, again, we had thousands of, well, over a thousand of you watching us live tonight. So thank you so much for all your love, all your incredible support. Again, massive shout out to the brilliant THFC Flags, Spurs song sheets that have, again, I've delivered for you guys here. Little bit of Ben Davis rendition. I know you probably won't want me to do it again. I don't resist the one when we're doing it again. Believe me. But listen, if he keeps on playing like that, I'll sing whatever you want next week. Trust me. If we get top four, I'll do whatever you want within reason, obviously. None of these ABBA numbers, for God's Careful. sake. Don't put this Careful. in front of me. <laughs> we're on stony ground. But listen, the show isn't possible without our wonderful panel that have made the show 
what it is. And that's been fantastic. And part of this, I say, been the brilliant George Achillia, Spurs content creator, brilliant YouTuber, put so much time into his channel. George, thank, thank you. you so much for coming back on, mate. I know it's been difficult. We've had Nuno, we've had Conte. Hopefully now we get top four. Where can we find your great content, George? Yeah, man, listen, look, incredible podcast, incredible host as always. Um, always you, a mate. pleasure being on here. So, yeah, thanks for the invite. And, yeah, it's literally just George Achille on everything. YouTube, Instagram, whatnot. A lot of, uh, you know, match day vlogs, some opinions on football. And, yeah, just if you want to come watch and join and share the experience of going to games and come along. Love it, mate. Bro, keep it real. You've been brilliant having part of it. Thank you. Part of you. Thank you very fantastic. much. Fantastic. To the wonderful Ricky Norwood, I must say, Rick's blessing between me and Chris. I don't know how many shows Rick's has done. He must be as knackered as us and can't wait for a break. I've never known a... Listen, Rick's, honestly, as a co-contributor of both teams, he's been absolutely superb. Bro, it's been an absolute pleasure, Rick's, having you on throughout the course of the season. Apologies for the four Chelsea games. It's all right, the, mate. Probably a lot more apologies to be in there. But, Rick's, anything come up in the door you want to tell us about? Should we be holding on? Should we keep an eye on socials? What do you reckon? Uh... It, it, it's all auditions, bruv. It's all in the ether, in the air. But I will let you know. But I want to say thank you very much. This oh. is the last. This is my last last word on Spurs for the end of the season. So I just want to say thank you. Bro, I, like brilliant. I said, win, win, lose or draw, I always love being on. It's, it's been so it. fantastic to be on with all of you and all of the listeners and all the interactions and all of the jokes and even the toilet jokes and sat nav jokes. And it's, it's been a, a, a massive, crazy train of a season. And I've loved being part of it. And it's just, oh, it's been man. beautiful that I've been in the first team in the business end of the season, right right up into the wire. And for the last game, I'll be back on with Chris as well. So I'm flipping and flopping. But that's what it's about, man. It's, you, yeah, you guys, everyone here, and, and Chris, our, our good friend Chris Cowling, yeah, you guys yeah. work so hard to create this content. I just love talking, my, talking about my team. And I just love my team so much. And it's, it's nice to share that, you know? Oh, and, man. Thank you for the downtimes as well. When it's been really frustrating to talk about it or I've been fuming, I've come on and I've let it all out and we've had a giggle about it. And then by the end of the show, I feel a lot better. So thank you for those times as well. It's been awesome. Thank you. Bro, man. I look, pleasure forward, been I look awesome. forward to the top four, mate. Oh, man, don't we all? Honestly, you've been amazing, Rick. Thank you so much for all the times. I know there's been lots of laughs this season. And uh, listen, what a way to go out on a, on a batch, on a batch, on a, on a pad like that. What a way of going out on this show. And it's not a Zoom background, just to confirm. He's been absolutely superb. From this, <laughs> from this as an audio, you've got absolutely no idea what you're talking about. But one man who's been here through thick and thin, week upon week, uh, season upon season, has been a wonderful Lee McQueen. Lee, mate, thank you so much for all the hours, all the commitment, all the time. I know, listen, we've been sharing a lot of love this season in Beaver Town and yep. across... Everywhere in last word on Spurs, it's just been an amazing season. And again, let's hope we end it, Lee, in the right way with Champions League football. Well, we've got one more to go, mate, and uh, hopefully it will be. The you've case got one more to go. Uh, I've got a couple more to go, but you've got one more to go. Well, yeah, well, me, me and you together. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then loads of content, loads of content coming up in the close season. Loads of stuff. I think Rick might even give me the the, the range. I might end just start start driving the crazy train rather than conducting it. Um, so hold on to your hats for that one. But yeah, look, we're really looking forward. Loads of stuff in the pipeline. Beaver Town have been absolutely set. fantastic, brilliant sponsor of, of the of the pod. NordVPN as well. Uh, we've got a couple of other things going on in the club that we're uh, we reveal over the next few weeks or so. Let's get this season done first and foremost. And look, like, like I said before, I, I'm proud again. I, I got the Wanyama on again. I did wash it, by the way, but I got the Wanyama shirt on again, as I call it Wanyama. I'm proud again to start wearing the apparel. I'm proud to, to be a Tottenham fan again. And we had some dark times, you know, after that Champions League defeat. Conte coming to the club, he's reinvigorated us. You can feel it, you can hear it, you can sense it. And, you know, please, Newcastle, just go and do us a favour. Like, please, go and oh, do man, us a favour. Please, please. And get, get it back in our hands so we can... Yeah. 
beat Norwich on the last day of the season and yes. make it six times in a row that we finished above that lot from South London. I'd absolutely love it. So, uh, but look, thanks everybody for watching and listening forever. I've got to be honest with you, stadium again today. I must have had, a, I don't know, 20 or people come up to me. I mean, it's just crazy. How you mm. getting, like, I don't know if most people probably don't know this, but I won The Apprentice like years ago. And I used to get this all the time from being on the telly. Now I get it all the time for being on here. It's <laughs> absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I love it. So thank you for everybody for coming and say hello. And I'm always up for having a beer or, you know, having a laser crush. Make sure it's Beaver Town, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, it's always good to see uh, to see people. It's interesting because when you have a bad game or, you know, the lads have a bad game, whatever, and you come on, it is therapy, isn't it, Rick? Like, as, yeah, as, yeah, Rick, yeah. as Ricky yeah, yeah. just said, like, it is yeah. therapy. And everybody says that, oh, thanks for the bad times as well. So, look, I'm glad we're doing something and uh, long yeah. may it continue. Oh, man. Right, guys, listen, we're going to let you go away now and enjoy a match of the day too, where you can go back and watch that absolutely wonderful 1-0 win, ground out win against Burnley from the wonderful Georgia Killia, from the brilliant Ricky Norwood, from the fantastic Lee McQueen. Guys, please keep safe, keep well. We're back with you during the week. Keep the faith, keep the spirit. Come on, you Geordies. And as always, come on, you Come on, come on. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.